music. Okay, so welcome everybody to Sports Goose number 146. Uh, I think that's where we're at. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I forgot to change the, the title there on the on the top left corner. But what's up? I'm, I'm Francisco. I'm, I'm joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. So, Andrew, how are you doing, my friend? How's it going? Uh, a lot better than I thought I would, you know. Ah, and, and we'll we'll discuss that. Yes, of course. There, there's uh, things that went down yesterday. All right, and Charles, how you doing? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I, I got. I'll do a quick shout out that um, Peach Serrano. I emptied it today. It's done. We are now trying the. Um, I don't know if it's habanero, but it's garlic and pepper. And I only did a small bit of it, but. Come with me on this hot sauce journey. Mm. Instead of watching Guy Fieri doing weird stuff on the Food Network, just listen to the podcast. Okay, and yeah, this is uh, Sports Goose number one forty six, and we're we got things to talk about. It's the the end of the hockey season, finally. So Stanley Cup Finals finished off, and uh, well, I'm happy. <laughs> well, and uh, well, Andrew, uh, you know. You know, but uh, where do you want to go? Do you want to start with that immediately? Do we want to talk about? It? We're going to get your sad feelings out of the way. Yeah, and that's actually where my guest is going to come in. Okay, okay, we're ready. I'm patching him in. Hopefully, okay. he gets the. the hopefully, he gets the call. I would hope so. I would hope so. We got to find a more elegant way of doing this. And we tried Discord last time, but Discord sucked. You know, things was like delayed and all that stuff and everything like that at that just i didn't like it and uh wow i forgot to take off the nba stuff on the top there it is no more basketball we're done with that no more it's over oh i mean the jazz did file and hire somebody oh, too, yeah. a little too late to determine if he's a handsome man or not yeah but we don't need to know the scores or anything like that nothing more that's uh, no. going on there so um and well, we got a bunch of stuff planned. I actually planned for this show, guys. Got small segments. I got a whole. I got a theme today. It's all based around hockey, for sure, because things went down. Things went down in the last two days, and then we might actually have to talk about baseball because it's all we have until until football season. And of course, we can always just kind of delve back into like gaming and stuff like that if, if we ever need to talk about our food or food because charles is uh destroying his bunghole with the uh with all the various hot sauces that he's got you mean testing to see the strength there is no destroying <laughs> oh on, guys we have some technical difficulties unfortunately my my attempt to surprise you didn't work so oh. what i'm gonna do is end this call and i'm gonna call you again with the guest okay okay so okay fr freeze for so, the show yeah all right well, i'll just put the screen on and we'll just put up the music or something and we'll go from there all right sure okay that that'll work i'll mute us all right
And okay, we're back. So that 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 was pretty quick. It was you know, not not too shabby, not too bad. We're back. I I, I was able to uh, fix it quickly. But anyway, good job, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest tonight is my friend, former uh, alumnus of UCF, mm. uh, Brendan Rourke. Uh, who is also a diehard Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Yes. Yes, I am, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back, Brendan. Uh, Andrew couldn't rope you into the torture stream for the NBA draft where I had to suffer through it. But <laughs> You only went one round, too. So it's a cop-out. <laughs> only one round? Yeah. No, I was working it. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the uh, – well, your team actually was there to, act, to try and improve themselves while the Heat – Got uh, our own version of a uh, Nikola Jokic. Just to... the evolution. I'm sorry. I, did you watch Paris or Yeah. I was slightly amazed by Nikola Jovic. Mm-hmm. That's what I call him. I'm gonna call yeah. him Mila Jovic. I'm gonna call him uh, Lilu. <laughs> the element. Ruby Rod. Mm. If he look, if he gets playing time. I'm gonna call him Ruby Rod. Patent it now. Trademark it. No one's allowed to steal it from us. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be a big Jovich fan to confuse everybody now. So. <laughs> well, you should be because Nikola Jokic, aside from being Parasolophilus, is overrated. I yeah. said it. I don't care. <laughs> Screw your back-to-back MVPs. You know who has a back-to-back MVP is overrated? Aaron Rodgers. How many rings? <laughs> how many rings does Nikola have? None. You know mm-hmm. who how many that Nikola Jovich is going to have? I don't know. Trade Kyle Lowry. That's all I can say. Continue. Yeah. Oh, well, now that we have Brendan here, we can actually talk about some basketball stuff, especially, you know, all the rumors and stuff like that and the, the, the destruction of the Brooklyn Nets because that's always fun to talk about. And uh, But we're here to talk about hockey first. Let's do that, hockey guys. Game six of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's over. Finally, the reign of terror is over, and I say reign as in R-A-I-N. That's what I labeled this show today. The reign of terror is over. The Colorado Avalanche, the team who I've predicted to win the Stanley Cup for the last five years or something while they've been building this up, uh, finally did it. They finally did it. Joe Sackick is, uh, is, a, is another one of those hockey gods up there with Steve Eiserman, just guys that have done it uh, on both ends now, which is kind of scary given the way the Avalanche played and w- what their future is going to be. And uh, the lightning, you know, it was pretty ominous what you said, Andrew, last week. I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about Kale McCarr. And you said, oh, uh, at this point, Victor Hedman, it's still his world until somebody unseats him. And I was like, hmm. And, well, it happened. It happened. We'll we'll see. No, it it happened. You are not getting it today. (laughs) No, Victor Hedman is done. His career is over. Because Kale McCarr won the Norris Trophy this year, the Stanley Cup, and the Conn Smythe Award. He is the best defenseman in the NHL, and he's only 23 years old. So it's over. So Victor Hedman will have his number retired, okay? He'll have his place in the Hockey Hall of Fame, don't worry. But it's no longer his league. It's over. So enjoy it. He can, he can hang out with Tom Brady if he feels like it, you know, in the old man club. And, uh, yeah, that, that's it. So... <laughs> We're gonna make you eat those words. Just letting you know. Uh well, d- try and pull off what the Blackhawks did, and then and then we'll see. Okay, where they won every other year, or the San Francisco Giants, same thing. So well, we'll we see. did one thing. The Blackhawks never went back to back, right? No, they didn't. But the Penguins did, and uh, well, you, you saw how that went. They they haven't made it out of the yeah. first round since. Well, but, yeah, but. 
who knows what's going to happen. Well, try and circumvent Mr. the cat. Mr. Trujillo here said that a dynasty is winning three times in five to six years. I stand by that statement. So we are so current, the Kings win three of the six-year cycle. Didn't the Kings win like three out of seven years? Remind me. No, like they won two, two and two okay. and three. They were they were the only. Uh, they they were kind of like the every other year was like the Blackhawks and then it was like the Kings and then am the Blackhawks again. The Black, am I thinking the Blackhawks? You though? are probably okay. That's who I'm. But on. that time period where it was it was Chicago, then L.A., then Chicago, then L.A. Uh, Boston won in twenty eleven. Very strange period of time. And then uh, and then the Penguins took over for a couple seasons, and then it went like and then went D.C. and then St. Louis and then, and then St. Louis gets one out of nowhere. Tampa with the Mickey Mouse in 2020, and then uh, the real one in 2021, and then the, the unseating in uh, this season with Colorado. It's because St. Louis had Pat Maroon. <laughs> well, it's because you guys had Corey Perry that you lost. <laughs> yes, the Corey Perry curse. Yeah. And he's lucky he won one, or else he'd be worse than Marion Hosa. To go, to go to the Stanley Cup final three times in a row and lose all three times, like, come away with nothing after playing the longest and with Corey Perry being up there in age, you know, we might be seeing the loss of another goon <laughs> in hockey. Yeah. So. Uh, and we don't mean goon in the sense of our Gottlieb's goons. So no, 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 no. A hockey goon. So the series, so I'm going to recap. The, well, actually, do you want to recap the series, Andrew? Or are we, we're... Sure. I got a question for Brandon real quick. Yes. Yeah, go for have, it. Have you watched Shorzy? I feel like Andrew needs to watch it as a pure <laughs> hockey it, show. It, indeed. I have not watched Shorzy. It's on my list. Have you seen Letterkenny at least? Yes, I've seen most right. of Letterkenny. Okay, all right. I have not seen either of those shows. I think I have not seen the last two seasons of Letterkenny. I saw the one, the Spelling Bee season. (laughs) Yeah, that's like season eight. Yeah. All right. I I digress. It's a hockey show that I feel is for Andrew. I've like watched it like once and then a lot of YouTube clipping. Yeah, it's very much uh, perfect for... um... Why, 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 why? Oh, oh, this is Google just doing its its thing. I don't know why Google just had fireworks show up all of a sudden, but they did. Uh. Oh, so anyway, so I'll break it down. Uh, I'll this initial part will be as unbiased as possible. I'm pretty good at being unbiased. So game one was a real barn burner. It was four three in favor of the Avalanche, ended up going to OT, but it ended relatively quick. I think it was only a minute or two into overtime. Um, that was that was a bit of a, a heartbreaker. I, I cussed a little bit when that one happened because I thought we had a decent chance of getting that game, especially, I mean, I made the prediction that Tampa would win game one just due to the... Uh, fatigue factor, the rust factor uh, for Colorado, but obviously that didn't happen. But the fact that I think that's what made it more annoying, not that my prediction was wrong, but because a win in that opening game would have really set a different tone for the series. You take one game from the avalanche when they're still getting their feet under them, uh, but it was not meant to be. So that was game one. Game two, 
seven to zero avalanche. That was just a an unmitigated disaster. Um, yeah, that one that one sucked. Um, you know, a lot of people thought the series was done at that point. Um, you know, Vasilevs. I think that was the most goals he's ever given up in the playoffs. Um, I know he's given up five uh, last year against uh, against the Panthers uh, in the first round, but definitely not seven. Uh, a lot of people criticize Coach John Cooper for leaving Vasilevsky in that long. I I tend to agree with that. Um, you know, I hope he didn't keep it in just for the sake of Vasilevsky's perfect attendance, if you will. Uh, he's played every minute with the exception of empty net situations um, since uh, at least 2020, if not further back. Um, then we transition over to Tampa. Tampa has their own blowout victory, 6-2. to two. Um, Was not relatively close at all. Um, then game four, another... Uh, Another right. and actually, game three is where we left off last week. Correct. Um, and the Avs pulled Darcy Kemper, uh, their goaltender for Pav- uh, is it Pavel or Peter? Peter, I think it's um, Peter. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a French name. Uh, well, I know his last name is Franceau. Yeah, right I just don't remember his first name. Okay. Um, so they pulled. Uh, Darcy Kemper for Franceau. A lot of people were wondering, was Kemper done for the series? Um, you know, would would Franceau become the guy? But obviously it didn't. Uh, game four, another overtime win for the Avalanche. Uh, 3-2. Uh, you know, Brendan and I agree that, I mean, that one had a bit of controversy because... The game-winning goal was set up, had a missed uh, too many men penalty for the Avalanche. Too much man, but That's too much man. Um, Brendan, my t- uh, my take on that too many miss uh, this missed call. Uh, personally, I'm I mean I'm annoyed that it wasn't called, but part of me is also, and we were discussing this during the game or after the game. Um, that you almost got the sense that a goal by by Colorado was inevitable at some point to win the game. Yeah, I mean, in that second overtime game, they look absolutely exhausted. And I think they had, I mean, they had what, like one shot on goal in overtime before the Avs scored or two? I, know, I remember one was Hagel's from like, from like the blue line. And I was like, if that one didn't go in, then none of them are going in because they can't, they can't beat any defenseman. They couldn't beat any defenseman really any Colorado defenseman, let alone McCarr and uh, Byram. Yeah. It would have, it would have been a miracle if Tampa had won that game. And listen, I'm a, a big Tampa fan, but even I could admit that, they were they were dead to rights. Uh, the fact that they made it, to, the fact that or they had to have won that game in regulation. Um, 
because you just kind of the first minute of that overtime you saw there was no chance that they're they're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, so 3-1 there, uh, go back to Denver. Everyone assumed the series was over. Uh, they're away from – Tampa's away from home. They're down 3-1. Uh, you know, you just – the assumption is, you know, you know, good try, but, um, you know, that's it for you guys. But, no, Tampa uh, – Pulled off a, a 3-2 win there uh, in in Colorado to push it to 3-2. Uh, kind of got everyone's hopes up. And, you know, for a little bit, and it, pretty much to the end, really, of, of uh, game six, it seemed like Tampa had a chance. But uh, a few bad bounces, uh, maybe a missed call or two. Um and Avalanche take it two to one and win the series four to two. And I've talked to a friend of mine who's a Lightning fan, and uh, they said that Tampa was outplayed all series. Uh, I'll let Brendan. What do you, What do you think? Do you think Tampa was outplayed all series? Other than Game Two, I think so. I mean, other than just the 6-2 win and everybody being sharp and trying to make a statement at home. Uh, it was almost all Colorado all the time. I mean, every time I look, Colorado was in was in the offensive zone. And, and then the final, I mean, yeah, you get a lucky bounce, but uh, on Stamkos' goal in game six where he just sits right in the slot and the puck comes right to him, I mean – all of the lucky, whatever you want to call it, puck luck, all of it was going Colorado's way. Mm-hmm. I mean, McKinnon's first goal off the back of his calf. I mean, not even involved in the play. He had no goals until that point. There was another bouncing puck, I believe, in the same game as McKinnon's first goal. And it's, it just appeared that Colorado was far and away the better team. And... Other than game two, or game three, the first home game for Tampa, I think Colorado outplayed Tampa every step of the way. I mean, and I said this, she basically said the same thing. Uh, I don't know if it's just me looking through uh, rose-colored glasses or blue-colored glasses, um, but... I don't think it was as bad of a beatdown as everyone says it is. Because at least in the games that we won, I didn't get the sense that we were being like we didn't belong with these guys, and that's well, kind of why. Six, right? Went to six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's teams I mean, that get that's bad. Panthers. That's kind of my definition, if you will, of an overplay. It's like. Sorry, Francisco, uh, but Florida just did not make a dent in that. Oh, no, the the Panthers barely beat the Capitals. So (laughs) they barely got through the Capitals. And uh, but if we had an actual competent power play, it would have gone six or seven against against Tampa. But I'm looking at the Avalanche's production over the course of the playoffs you know, it games. was unreal. It was unbelievable. Twenty games. They only lost four games the entire the entire playoffs. 
they scored 85 goals in 20 games. I mean, that's unfreaking believable. I'm not uh, good at math, but I know that's good too. Yeah. I, and they were, they were aside from Florida, they were the other offensive juggernaut of the league, uh, which, which um, the thing is they, they actually kept to their system. They, they were just, they looked better. They just looked a lot better. And yeah. uh, when you, you, they've been here before. That's the other thing. They've had this disappointment before of, of falling short, never making it past the second round, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then they finally bust down the door, win, win the Western Conference, and then they were already there. They had home ice for the first two games, which just the way that they played, you saw the first game and then the second game where they just destroyed you guys, blew you out of, uh, out of Denver. There, this this team had they were just on a mission, absolute mission, and they knew that they they weren't taking anything lightly. And maybe uh, that's part of the beauty of the way that they played. Because Andrew, you said that they it might, they might have had like a letdown had given the way that they got here, because they the first round they they played Nashville and Nashville was out UC Soros who was a Vesna candidate, and right. he was in, he was gone he was injured he never played so. That that the tone at least you know they would have had a harder time because I would believe Soros could have stolen a game against them, right? And then uh, they head out to um, freaking St. Louis. They go out to St. Louis, and all right, they Cadre took out Bennington, (laughs) which. I don't believe was malicious, but it was the break that was sorely needed for them in that series because that series goes a lot longer with the way Jordan Bennington was playing and the way the Blues as a team are constructed. They, they're they not far removed from a cup themselves, and Bennington's done it before, and he was playing right. that way. And so they got – that was their lucky series, really. That was their real lucky series. They would have beaten Nashville. Even with Soros, because that was all Nashville had. But St. Louis, that would have been a harder series. And then they just went after Cadre. They were in their heads at that point, and they the St. Louis just lost the series from there. And then I still think Colorado would have won that series. Um, I mean, it did go to six, like the Tampa series. It did go to six. So right. It's not like St. Louis rolled over and uh, no, they didn't. But that's that's a different series. Bennington probably steals a game himself, and that goes to seven, or or maybe St. Louis gets in Colorado's head and and what beats them in in that series, and then you get the Oilers series, and the Oilers were also one of those uh, teams uh, with McDavid and those guys that. Really, it's more. It was more of a prove prove it to me type of series for for Edmonton and for Colorado. Both teams were just trying to uh, make names for themselves for the first time ever for on both sides. But Colorado was structurally structurally most more sound than than Edmonton. And despite the fact that Edmonton has these superstar scorers, Colorado does too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they got. They got Landeskog, their their number one superstar, uh, McKinnon. He's he is an absolute superstar, and Makara as a defenseman, which beats out uh, 
because overall the team was constructed better and their goaltending was better. <laughs> Colorado's, I mean, because Mike Smith was, Mike Smith is 40 years old, guys. He's He should not be, is he 40? I, I think he's like 40. He, I think he, he's 41. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. He is, uh, he's lucky that the Oilers made it through that series, uh, made it to that series. But Edmonton needs more and, and to to help out McDavid or or lose him or they can just waste him like the Angels race Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and just mm-hmm. keep doing that. And then they faced you guys and that's where you thought that, well, they had a uh, relatively easy way, especially given the goaltenders, that they could steal, that Tampa could steal a game and. And uh, I think Colorado, maybe through some wisdom from so- Joe Sackick, was like, no, we're going to keep the foot on the gas pedal. And mm-hmm. they didn't let up. Yeah, they, they took a punch once they, get, once they got to Tampa, but they, they threw a haymaker in game two. Yeah. They threw a haymaker in game two, and then they, they, they beat you guys out in the grinding, uh, the grinding portions of the series. Overtime yeah. win, despite the controversy. And then uh, the game six, game six was a one one goal game, and they pulled it out. So, I mean, um, that, that just kind of shows you that it. I mean, Brendan is right. In a lot of the games, we were just outclassed. Um, you know, if I can, if I can add, Andrew, I think, I think what it was. I mean, talking about all of their series, they had the help that Tampa had the season after Tampa lost to Columbus in the first round. They had that mentality that Tampa had. Right. Uh, it was the same exact thing. I mean, yeah, you can talk about McKinnon, McCarr, but just as Tampa had, you know, Yanni Gord and that year Alex Kalorin chipping in and things like that, I mean, the Avs had Nachuskin. The, ha- the Avs had Burakovsky. They had, I mean, Byram turning into McCarr's, like, top-paired defenseman with them. They had, I mean, Ratzinger ate up minutes as well. Like, they had the supporting cast. Yeah. And, and those guys, there's a few not. guys yeah. on that team that have been playing together since they were uh, that 48-point team, like, six years ago. They had a 48-point team in a full 82-game season, and now they're Stanley Cup champions. That's mm-hmm. insane. And a lot of people uh... – a lot of people kind of, I guess, underestimate the power of, uh, you know, playing together for a while. I mean, Tampa uh, in 2020 and 2021, and really going back to 2015 as well, you had the triplets line. Uh, it was uh, Tyler Johnson, uh, Kucherov, and I forget who the third is. Palat. Palat, Andre Palat. Um you know, the three of them were cornerstones of those three Stanley Cup runs while uh, Johnson was on the team. Um, you know, the three of them were basically inseparable and they played together forever. Um, and it showed their sort of chemistry. You, you can't you can't fake that kind of chemistry. Um, so Colorado obviously had that. Um, not to mention that, uh, like you said, kind of that motivation of keep losing in the second round. Um, I mean, 
doesn't hurt as much as getting swept in the first round by the eight seed when you're the, the president trophy winner. Um, but still having, you know, a team that you expect would do a lot better. Um, that's going to hurt. So yeah, they definitely had that motivation. Um, well, this has been oh, and thank you, Purple Josue R four hundred seven for joining or for following us. Who is that? Uh, four hundred seven. That's that's Orlando area code. So it's gotta be it's Orlando. Go. All right, so we're we're not talking UCF today. So I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've been I've been hogging <laughs> up a lot of the airtime, and that's not good of me as a host. So, Brendan, what are what are your some of your thoughts? Uh, I guess concluding the series. Concluding the series, uh, I'm always pessimistic. I think next year is going to be a little bit worse for Tampa, and we're on we're on the downslope of the bell curve here. We won our two, we lost in the fir- or the finals. I think we'll get to the second round next year, and I hate to say it, but uh, the neighbors to the south and the east, the Florida Panthers, might be on the rise. They got the loss experience. Mm. They got the embarrassing mm. loss experience. I'm getting saucy right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, guys I would not be surprised. Oh yeah, I think I think all the all the all the uh, salary sites that try to do their best with the math say we are at or near zero dollars <laughs> yeah if we pop on to cap friendly we can look at that too but yeah you know you guys have been trying to play with that you guys circumvented the cap the other season to get around all the rules you know and cheated and so okay brendan you want to comment on this one i've been fighting with francisco about this for years now. it's not cheating if it's in the rule book Hmm. That's it. It's not, it's not cheating, cheating if you're not penalized. Uh, I'll take the unwritten rules side, like in baseball. I'm gonna do the. To I'm gonna do the. Chicago a, did it too. <laughs> you want to be the honorable franchise? Chicago did it too, and I'm, Tampa. I'm sure Chicago it. did it up front, and everybody knew about it. And was like, you know what? That's you know, we didn't you know avoid surgery when we could have, and just left it to the last minute. Or you know, and or, I will add, Francisco, that you guys actually did go over the cap when you signed Giroux. Well, that's because Ekblad was actually hurt. So our guy actually got hurt. You know, you know what I mean? Kucherov just kind of just kind of lazily took over the entire summer, spent some time with the cup, and he was like, all right, I'll get some surgery. I'll come back in, like, May. So you guys well, do for, what you do. Well, for the record, he got the surgery in December. Yeah, but he, he was still walking around and not doing anything about it. Right, just you could schedule surgery way ahead out. He was just chilling for two months, and then he had a surgery. So he chose to have surgery a while ago, before the season started. And then he's like, "Okay, let's just do it now. Uh, let's 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 bring up the time. Let's see. Oh, I'll be recovered by oh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Perfect. I'll be back. All right, cool. So that's they waited until December, so it could coincide with his quote unquote comeback. There you go." Your petty ass is the definition of don't hate the player, don't hate the game, or hate the game. Uh, I learned it I, from watching you. Yeah. yeah. Francisco, I love you like a brother, like the brother I never had. But I am going to fight you on this till the day I die. Well, I mean, we, we'll fight you. Label. Just I'll, I'll stop kids. when the Florida Panthers win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> okay. Which, uh, um, so, so that's... I mean, I, I'm slightly more optimistic than Brendan here. 
um, you know, I think too, I think, uh, uh, like I mentioned, uh, I forget if Brennan was on, on the air when I said this, but his def Charles definition of a dynasty is three and six, um, in six or less, uh, three championships. I think we still have a chance of getting that when, whether it'll be next year or in the sixth year, I don't know, but you are right. Uh, the, the further away we get from these cups, the, the less likely the odds. I mean, so uh, to expand on that, you're looking for two things. You want the dynasty, but also we just started this decade. So if you don't get the dynasty, but you get the title like another three years from so you get the Stanley Cup in another three years. You might be outside the window of a dynasty theory, but you're the best team of the decade. Yeah, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. So you that that that's yeah, that's, that's not a bad consolation prize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I do though at the end of the day think that this this run of six conference finals in eight years, um, three cup finals in a row. Um, you know, I, I have to agree with uh, Mark Messier and a lot of people who are comparing this team to, you know, the dynasties of the 80s. Even if we're not officially a dynasty, I think at the end of the day, people will remember this as, damn, that was a really good team. Uh, I'm, for, I, for I, I will compare it if you guys don't win another one with this group, let's say. You guys are like the like the big three era of the Miami Heat. It was like four seasons of yeah. just like it was an era, yes, but it only amounted to two. You know, like people will remember it. People will talk about it for Debatably, sure. Debatably, we shouldn't even have the second one. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Until the Ray Allen shot. Well, yeah, that was still won it. It's still, still won. It was Kawhi's Kawhi screwed up. So what did he made up for the next? <laughs> but, one? Here's a question, but here's a question I'll ask you guys. Um, for any sports, but this applies to hockey too, especially for Lightning. Are you a dynasty if you don't have like a star power player? And I know who's on the Lightning, being y'all's friend helps me. I don't know if they're generational superstars, but in basketball, you know, part of the dynasty is the fact that you had the big names with the big three. But then I think about the Spurs, arguably a dynasty, but to me, there's only one Hall of Famer on that team, not counting Dave Robinson's, you know, first go around that led to Tim Duncan's first title. So it gets weird like that sometimes. How do you want to define your dynasty? T Tampa has um, Tampa has. A I'd star, argue so Tony Parker's also a Hall of Famer. But... Ooh. <sighs> mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... <laughs> you put Tim Duncan on another team, I think he gets that team in there. Tony, Tony Parker died on the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> well, let's ask I mean, Ava Longoria. Let's get her on the phone. Andrew. He, he's Go a Hall of Famer for, uh, for France, sure. <laughs> He, he's a Hall of Fame Ooh. husband, that's for sure, right? Oh, <laughs> and I don't even hate Tony Parker, but I just feel like I, I think he was the right man for that position to be the point man, to be the point guard. Or Manu solely for the bat incident. So, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> but then also they did have Kawhi Leonard, so you know that's yeah. that's the end of that dynasty because that was the surprise win. So that's the thing about if the Lightning are able to procure, let's say, another title in two years. With the salary cap situation, certain people are going to go. Who's most likely to leave? Sam Coast, I think, is a lifer there. But I, yeah, Kucherov's maybe going. Am I not mistaken? Well, he's still got yeah. two years on his contract. But that could be the win I'm talking about because I'm a nerd a little bit for the salary cap and contract situations. We when we deep dive, we deep dive that hardcore because I usually have poo poo on players. But if you end up like getting it, 
two years from now, think, it still might be a dynasty, but it's like what I will equate to the Kawhi won his one title with the Spurs. I dynasty, think the right? NHL, a lot of teams, and you can look, there's plenty of examples where they keep, for the most part, at least three players going from one transition team to the other. So you got Boston, you got Marchand and Bergeron, right? And even mm-hmm. Charles was there forever and even took a risk. So you got those. Uh, Washington's had, you know, Nick Lidstrom and, 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 and Ovechkin for, for years on years, right? And even uh, slightly Braden Holpe when he was there, but then he finally left. And then uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh with uh, Malkin, Malkin and, and Latang and, and Crosby and those guys. Those guys were together. Chicago, the same thing. The, the Who Black the hell Hawks, Chicago have? Vendor, the Blackhawks had right? uh, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and Brent yeah. Seabrook and Duncan Keith and uh, she, Patrick. There's just a ton of guys that stayed, that they found a way to stick together. So there's been examples of teams that have found ways to you know uh, play with the cap move some guys around and things like that to try and get under it and and you know get some role players that can that can uh that they can play ch- very cheaply to get under the cap so there's examples of it so the, the lightning can be one of those teams that can transition to a different era now the example that probably best concerns the lightning now for you guys would probably be like the blackhawks example right there or the blackhawks stayed a little too long with those guys and they try to bring the band back together i think sb nation did a um a collapse of the blackhawks uh Mm -hmm. themselves which uh, was very eye-opening but yeah the blackhawks tried to keep the 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 train going for a little too long they didn't know when to let go so that's the other issue and the same thing with the uh i mean the detroit red wings and uh, even urinating tree on his latest videos he's talked about the penguins and being compared to like the Red Wings where, yeah, it's good. You know, hey, make the first round of the playoffs, maybe get to the second round once in a while, but never actually contending for something. And you don't want yeah. to be in that. that that's that's uh, that's kind of NHL purgatory in a sense. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying. I think the, the Bolts are trying to avoid that by already shipping off players like Tyler Johnson. And I mean, I think shipping off or not protecting Yanni Gord was a mistake. But I agree. I mean, they're going to have to get rid of somebody this year. And unfortunately, I I think most Bolts players know who it's going to be. And it's not who they would like to see leave. Who would that be? And that's Andre Palat. I mean, the dude is just top-tier player, two-way. Like, any team's dream two-way Wing can, I mean, can play on the first line, can play in the second line, and he is going to be owed tons of money for what Palat has done uh, these couple of seasons for the Bolts, and the Bolts don't have that money. So maybe he takes a discount and stays, but, I mean, a lot of the Bolts' future is going to be dependent on Andre Palat. You can't convince the guy who's already won two rings to stay for another one to keep the band together, right? Because in hockey, they don't hand out the lucrative contracts that yeah. much. It's usually 10 years. So when I'm like the best guys are the seven to 10 years. Yeah. Contracts. At this point, he's, he's got his name on the cup a couple times. It's like, okay, now go out and get paid. And yeah, I mean, I, I read, uh, an article from the athletic, um, they kind of followed Pilat around a bit. They spoke a lot with his family out in the Czech Republic, or sorry, Czechia. Um, 
and they said that he wants to stay in Tampa. Um, it seems like everybody and their mother who's on the team wants to stay. They don't, they're not in a situation where they're unhappy with how things are going, that they willingly want to leave. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just going to depend where you can get that money. And the problem is, uh, we weren't anticipating this, but Nick Paul is actually a decent hockey player. Uh, we just we picked him up at the deadline to try and recreate the um, was the Gord uh, shit. It was the Gord Coleman and Goodrow line <laughs> that they wanted to remake. Yeah, which that was a key line to the two Stanley Cups because. They had offensive firepower, but at the same time, they could really grind it out. Um, and Brandon Hagel, uh, you know, hit or miss. You know, I wouldn't miss him if he left. But definitely Nick Paul surprised a lot of people with how effective he was during the cup, uh, during the playoffs. I mean, he, he unilaterally won game seven of the Maple Leaf series. He scored both the goals. Yeah, but you don't want to fall in love with what's essentially a rental. That's the other Right. Thing. There's That's so many jokes mean. I'm going to put in there, but I'm not going to because I'm above that. As a <laughs> <Okay>. Yankees fan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, what are you thinking, Brandon? Or I guess I, I, I still feel bad that I've like taken up a ton of time. <laughs> no, you're fine. Well, I think Brendan would like to, because we're at forty-three minutes. Maybe he'd like oh, to God. to weigh in on on this on on this, right? We're gonna do the handsomest head coaches in the NHL. Oh, all right. I gotta pause this thing because <laughs> I'm gonna have to use. I'm gonna right, actually focus. Okay, right, so yeah. Brendan, let me let yes. me explain what's going on here. Uh, for the past few episodes, we are. So I found out Gabe Kapler is a babe. And so he's Babe Capler. And I brought that up to the attention of the group chat. And it created the thing of we're going to have basically a round robin of tournaments to lead to the big quarterfinal fights of who's the most handsomest coach slash manager in all sports. Yes. All right. Gabe Kepler makes me question. So things. thus far, thus far, Gabe Kepler has won out the Major League Baseball bracket. Okay. Which was okay. Uh, didn't have much competition. I'm going to tell you that right now. Absolutely not. It was uh, between him and who was the other babe? Uh, uh, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash, man. Yeah. So it was those two. So he beat out him. And uh, Charles deemed Joe Torre the ugliest manager in baseball history. I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, that's a little mean. He looks uh, like a Dick Tracy villain. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, next, uh, we did the NFL. And that was won by Sean McVay. That was hard. Yeah, the, yeah, the oh, NFL yeah, has got hard. some dudes. I mean, NFL objectively has the best looking head coaches. <laughs> I mean, Mike Vrabel was a contention. Yeah, we had Kyle Shanahan. Mike Vrabel won his uh, AFC bracket, but unfortunately couldn't unseat Sean McVay, who's uh, won the most important award this season aside from that Super Bowl. And so. screwing over Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is yeah. going to get me extra points. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. It's not just based on looks; it's also based on your track record as a as a, as a head coach and who you can get me to parties with. That, that is also true. Off, off, off. Uh, yeah, Dave Roberts. Even though he's he's aged like, uh, like oof, man, has he Milk. aged? 
Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And and then we did the NBA, and the NBA was uh, between it was Eric Spolster versus uh, Jason, uh, Jason Kidd. So Dallas versus Miami again, and unfortunately Jason Kidd won out. Jason Kidd, man, the guy's yeah. been looking the same since he retired. The beard helps out, man. Mm-hmm. Eric Spolster, Steve Nash flow, huh? Oh, so listen, we talked about a little bit, but yeah. the fact that Steve Nash looks a little too cracked out for my liking, <laughs> <laughs> it scared me. We're gonna, what, we're going to be at Flanagan's at 4 in the morning, the guys are like, I'm going to take a bump. I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't do that because you're cutting that with some you know, PCP, man. So, so now we're going – so Charles is least uh, – uh, I guess recognized I, sport. He, I don't know what anyone looks so like. So we're gonna John get Cooper genuine reactions out of him. And right. we we do. Uh, so we do like. Western Coach Monroe is the only other one because these guys have been around for like fifteen years. Yeah. Guess, so there's a few that he does recognize, and some guys who have been on ESPN. But like, what? Uh, we're, we're gonna do the Western Conference first, including oh. the the Stanley Cup champions. So, but this <clears> is all new to Charles. So this is gonna get some genuine reaction out of out of him, and we'll just see what he what he thinks. So first up is the uh, Anaheim Ducks head coach Dallas Eakins, brand new head coach. That's true. You. It just happened, uh, but he's been around the league for quite a bit. So there's there there he is. Um. So we're, we're gonna move it around. Tell me when I, I should move on to the photo so you can. Is it get an fair? Wait, Dallas Eakins, because I also brought it up on the Google. Uh, is it fair to say that he kind of looks like the love child of both David Tennant and Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be the best one because <laughs> Charles has no preconceived opinions of of, uh, of these guys. The man has very intense eyes. Yeah. Former um, Florida Panther when he this when he was playing. So I, I'm not about it. No. I'm not, it, right. It's you know Barty Crouch Jr. So doesn't. It's, it's and it's basically it's yes he's handsome no he's handsome <laughs> so Crouch we're gonna Jr. do that. All right and and Brendan if you want to chime in anytime here you can right so I only have I I try to do real life comparisons and like Dallas Dallas Eakins looks like he has a lot of money in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way I can describe him. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, next is the Arizona Coyotes head coach, Andre Torini. All right, Andre So Tarini. let's go. So He already sounds attractive. Uh, there's, kind of, there's some exotic. It's something about Italian names. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he looks like default create a character. <laughs> he looks like your favorite math teacher. Yeah. yeah. He can he could teach some mean math or economics somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. We're passing yeah. Andre. Yeah. Y'all see he's going to win by default. <sighs> Watch. Oof. Okay. Well, you have, you have uh, well, 12 other teams. All right. Next, one, next okay. one. Next one's an oldie, but he's a goodie. <laughs> Daryl Sutter. No. <laughs> Let's open this up a little bit. Walmart Keebler Elf. That's what he is. All right. Daryl. <laughs> oh, no. 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 There's a picture of him, like, raising his arm up. 
Absolutely. There's some handsome old man. We he gave was... Greg Popovich a little hey, bit of love. He, he might know some people. He was he was the head coach <laughs> of the Kings during their, their two Stanley Cup runs. Uh, he looks like the stage alternate to Mickey and Rocky in the musical. We'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, All right. Um, next is Luke Richardson of the Chicago Blackhawks. All right. Let's take a picture of Uncle Luke, Luke over here. Oh. Okay, this this here's a contender. All right. Um. Yeah. All right. Out of all I've seen. All right. So, I mean, that nose is busted the f up, but you know, uh, with a haircut, smidge, man, he was. He played a uh, smidge yeah. for the Bolts. I do remember you, you that. You know what he kind of looks like? He's a former player. There's a little Josh Brolin in him. Mm. Little Josh Brolin. Like one of the pictures I'm looking at right now, I see a bit. All right. All right. Uncle so that, Luke that's over a here. yay for Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's right. right. He's right. Former player. He's 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 53. Not not too shabby for 53. Okay. Not at all. All right. Yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Kind of contest here for us boys. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, your Stanley Cup champion, Gerald Jared Bednar. I, I don't you know how to spell that. his name. Especially for someone who has gray hair. So Jared Bednar. Um, kind of. The, the, he, is it sad to say that him and Luke Richardson really just have the same face? <laughs> just different nose? Yeah, yeah, we'll put him in there. We'll put him in there. All right. All right. So. I don't want to. I don't want to say what I think of Jared Bednar. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah. Oh, here's an. Here's, I didn't know he got hired by them. Uh, here, Peter DeBoer of the Dallas Stars. Oh boy. Okay. This will be fun. Oh boy. Stars. Yeah, Peter DeBoer, coach, coach the Panthers and the the Golden Knights and. Peter DeBoer. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I got. Is he the one? Let me look on. He's one of those guys that Ooh, uh, yeah. decided to grow the beard. To, no, you know. but you you can't go. Ha- Here's the thing: you can't go halfway on the baldness. Mm. You can't shape. You can't shave the part that's a chrome dome and let the other part be. You either go all <laughs> in or not. But it's true though. Taylor Jenkins understood that. That's why he grew the beard. Mm. He's like almost the equivalent of what everyone says about uh, Mike Budenholzer, where he looks like he has an absurd amount of money on every game. Uh, (laughs) I feel like you can't take any half measures there. Um, Uh, Coach, I forgot his name already. He's He's not handsome. The boar. All right. The bald. The boar boar is uh, kind of implied in the name, am I right? Well, some people say he, he's got a boring style of hockey for his teams. Well, but, that too. But it's, uh, hey, he got the Devils to the Stanley Cup Finals. Same thing for uh, San Jose. So Coffee is for closers, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Coffee is for closers. All right, next is Jay Woodcroft of the Edmonton Oilers. All right, let me, let me bring this oh, up boy. here. All right, 45 years old. He never, He's youngin. Right. Never, never played in the league. But he, oh man, what? Whew. Whew. <laughs> so we don't accept drinks from Jay Woodcroft. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> oh no. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. All right. Okay, next. Got the extra, extra long gum line that we're talking about. Another guy who's often on the coaching carousel. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings, Todd McClellan. Let's, let's look at Todd. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, is that Rowan Atkinson? Meet Andy Serkis? <laughs> no, he... In the uh, he's a very intimidating looking coach. I'm oh, terrified. Yeah, he is. Instead of a silver fox, it's more like silver possum. Yeah, <laughs> silver possum. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really think he's handsome, but he scares me. Mm. So he's that guy that approaches you. Can I buy you a drink? I already have a drink, and he goes and says, "Can I buy you a meal?" And you're like, "Can you buy me an appetizer?" You know. We can do that. He, but he, he looks like me. somebody that would have been an extra in the hunt for Red October. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. Or Stranger Things season three. Okay. Super Russian. Okay. Next, the Minnesota Wilds, Dean Avison. Dean Avison. I still can't get over, uh, you know, Rapey McRapeface <laughs> from two coaches ago. <laughs> Woodcroft? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay Woodcroft. Yeah. So Dean Evanson. All right, all right. Evanson, let me ch- check on my. Screen. Oh man, that mullet though. Yeah, I do appreciate playing. a good mullet. Yeah, when he was playing, yeah. He deserves like he deserves like one bonus point for that mullet. Um, he someone says he looks like Creed Braddon, and I can't get this image out of my head because it's it's on Reddit. Because I just did Google search and says so. Oh proud yeah, there's, there's a clear guy. image of him right there. Hockey wonderness on Twitter. Dmson looks quite a bit like Creed from The Office. You know what? I like Creed by default. <laughs> Dean Evans is He was part of the grassroots singing "Live for Today," which is a great 1960s song. God damn. Okay. Next, John Hines of the Minnesota Wild. All right. Or no, the National Predators. Sorry, I reread that. Sorry. National Predators. All right, he's part of the. Uh, what the, the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so out of all four sports, we found like our Rick Scott, right? <laughs> For each one. So you, you've missed that, Brendan. I'm sorry, but there's always oh. one. But he's kind of like if Rick Scott and. Like John McCain just had a baby and meshed it in. <laughs> See, John Hines looks like he has punched drywall before. I think That's... all the coaches that we've seen in hockey <laughs> has punched drywall. Especially if someone misses a change or mm. too many men. He seems like a real stickler for too many men. I'm yeah, yeah. Probably. I have a hard thing about bald men. You know, right. it's a hard pass. All right, next we're going down. We got uh, Dave Hackstall of the Seattle Kraken. And I'm not saying that there should be a Rooney rule in hockey because I know we're talking about more than Americans, but, you know, I like a little, I like my sugar to be a little brown every now and then. Um, Seattle Kraken. Dave Hackstall. Ah, that's really Steve Nash. Holy shit. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> I like him without the beard. Okay. So if if he takes the beard out, we're good. If he has the beard, he looks like the guy who's still living at Woodstock. So it's conditional. But handsome 
handsome for lack of people in the pool. Evanson <laughs> right now is leading it, but um, all right, yeah, all right. Next is Bob Bugner of the San Jose Sharks. Poof, I mean, with a name like that, you better be handsome looking because uh, everybody else is former call you. head coach of the Panthers and <laughs> oh, I think former I player as well. Uh, a goon, he was one of the goons back in the day. Um, all right, so which photo is it? Because I got two different ones coming up here. So let me see on your YouTube screen. Is he the one with like the, the shaved lip? Yeah. Mm, you talk about somebody who's pushed concrete. He probably, you know, or punches drywall. He probably did it while holding the monster can. He, he, he screams domestic he, violence. He I'm not a, doing it. He was an enforcer. Okay. He was yeah, like, I mean, I get it. But okay. no. I want right. to feel safe, not threatened. <laughs> if some guy's looking at me at the bar, I mean, his mm. nickname is the Boogeyman, yeah. so you're not, <laughs> you're not gonna yeah. feel safe. No, oh, goddamn, that's cryptic. Uh, <laughs> next is uh, Craig Baruby of the St. Louis Blues. All right, St. Louis Blues coach. Oh, man, hockey man. He's hey, a particular he, kind of he, he, you know person. He was the interim kind of. head coach during their Stanley Cup run. Then finally earned the head coach tag. He was the interim for the entire season, and they won. It's the hair. Yeah. It's the hair for Former me. Former player. Okay. I, I'm appreciative of the fact that these men have, like, the most intense looks. Like, they scare me. <laughs> no one, except for maybe Mike Vrabel, put the fear of God in me. Especially no one baseball. Softest people out there in the managers. But the hockey people. Definitely I, I rocked maybe... the mullet way back when. I would probably Ooh. go on a different street. All right. <laughs> so that's a no. No for Craig Ruby. Yeah, no for Craig Ruby. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll move on here. Let's go to oh, here's another one of Coach Carousel. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Barbecue oh, Bruce. Yeah. All right. Because you also realize I don't know how to spell these names. All right. Bruce so Boudreaux. D -D I see. All right. Ooh, hell no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, thought Rush I thought Rush Limbaugh died, man. What are you telling me? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So that's a no for Bruce. All right. No no for Bruce Boudreaux. Is uh, he licking barbecue sauce? All right. Listen. Yes, he's, he's, he's part of the Andy Reid crew. All right. Listen. I, I get a little. <laughs> he's cute like an old kid way. Um, uh, no. Sorry, Bruce. You All don't right. get my goose. Next is, uh, Bruce Cassidy of the Vegas Golden Knights. How many Bruces are there? Like, I think this is, like, number four. It really feels like freaking Shorzy. Our names are Jim. You're Jimmer? You're Jim Bob? You're Jimmy. Our names are Jim. All right. What's this Bruce's name? Golden Knights? Uh, Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Butch Cassidy. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, hold on here. <laughs> Which one am I looking at? Well, there's a, there's an image of him this, with the, with the is this is Rob Lowe looking motherfucker yeah, over here yeah, because yeah. you know I don't know if you ever seen the Boondocks, but you know when they're in jail and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm distracted by this handsome motherfucker here. <laughs> Out of all that I've seen in hockey, yeah, 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 he's, he's, yeah. yeah. He's, in, he's in Vegas. You're gonna have some fun. No, he he's making me play David Cassidy. Hey, I think I love you, but what am I so afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm not good for love that no cure for. And yeah. 
Bruce can get the goose. Not, All right. not barbecue Bruce, though. Okay, and that's it because the Winnipeg Jets still have not hired. Well, just just for just for shits and giggles, put up Barry Trotz. Uh, oh, we can do the other side if you guys want to do time since Brendan's here, so you can go from there. I don't well, know how much I, you want to dedicate to it. Well, I I just want to I want to show you Barry. Trotz. I mean, my vote my vote's on the other side, so. All right, yeah. That's Marty St. Louis, short king. That's it. I mean, Barry well, Trotz looks like every judge I've presided in front of. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> to a degree, at least two of them. Well, we're at the one-hour mark now, guys. Okay. So that's the Western Conference. And uh, who, who, Well, Charles, who who is it? Is it Bruce Cassidy? Oh, it's, it, it's Bruce Cassidy. All right, Bruce Cassidy. It's, it's Bruce Cassidy. So there you go. Congrats on the job. Congrats on, <laughs> on being the handsomest Western Conference head coach. I guess we'll, we'll do the Eastern Conference next week. Okay. Oh, come on. I, well, I mean, I could do Eastern Conference after non-sponsors. Well, we can do that, that too. I mean, yeah, we can. I mean, yeah, it's baseball, not like we have a pleasure. Baseball's gonna happen. I was gonna tell you, baseball will happen. Baseball will continue to happen. So we don't think we're it, not too urgent just yet. Okay. So we'll we'll do the Eastern Conference after that, and then uh, and then I guess next week we can do like the Final Four, or do we want to do the Final Four <laughs> today? You no, know? we gotta do. We gotta do final four separate out. It's too much of a digestion. Yeah. Too much okay. pressure. <laughs> All you know, right. just like you know, I, I gotta get my uh my what the I won't call it the Tinder or the Bumble or the Grinder swiping game going on, but I gotta get my fingers rested. I go through fifty options, you know, I'm gonna be fatigued out. Okay. Dub up the lady here. So uh we're from non sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we've been enjoying over the last week. Um I guess I'll go first, guys. Yeah. Oh, guys, I, I got on mine. Mine is hummus. <laughs> 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 i've been on a hummus kick lately guys. you didn't even segue you're like <laughs> yeah no i just i just been on a hummus kick like crazy guys <clears throat> i don't know what it is i'm pregnant i have no idea uh, i can't get rid of the baby anymore now but <laughs> oh oh yeah all right that, that's Ooh. my that's my chris rock uh weird joke for for today guys all right so crickets there we go but hummus yeah, I've been enjoying hummus. I've been enjoying constant flavors of hummus. Just hummus, man. Ithaca makes some good hummus. That's the last one that I tried. Uh, just it's freaking good. I, I've just been enjoying dips lately. If you guys have seen uh, uh, Murders in the Building, dips are a meal. By the way, they are. Uh, I, I love that show. I wholeheartedly agree, Martin Short, that dips are meals. So we're we're good I've not there. Watched. Oh, you should. It's 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 fun. It's it's a fun one uh so yeah no it's 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 good man it's you know just just put on everything just dip it just dip your stuff into it and yeah that's 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 it man hummus uh, promo code pregnancy i thought you were done dip it good but you know we're two different people <laughs> no no i'm not <laughs> okay that, that was a fast <clears throat> one but i just wanted to because I, I didn't want to ramble on too much about hummus i guess i'll go hmm. um <clears throat> and i'll make it quick um, after I got back from prepping for the February bar, after I was done with that, um, I don't know. I kind of had this nostalgia kick and I said, I really want to watch my favorite movie, but at the same time, I also want to go back and read its, uh, book adapt or the, the book from which it was adapted. And so I hit up the local library, which are very underrated people. Libraries still exist. Free books. Go check them out. They're very cool. Um, 
and I said, I am going to do this. I haven't read this since the fifth grade. Um, and so I go ahead and check out Tom Clancy's The Hunt for Red October. Mm. Uh, my By far my favorite movie of all time. Um, the movie is an absolute masterpiece. Um, it differs quite a bit in some regards to the book, but still an amazing book, uh, still an amazing movie uh, in its own right. And the book also incredibly good. I'm about halfway through it right now. I kind of forgot about it a little bit. It was just sitting on my nightstand, and now I just read it every night because I can't stop. Um, you know... I suppose it's a little bit ironic considering uh, what's going on over in Ukraine. Um, that wasn't the reason I got it. It was just a not so happy coincidence. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a, a thriller uh, to read, you know, you have to think about it because there's a lot of, you know, military jargon and shit. It's very accurate. Um, but if you're if you're interested in a book, I would definitely recommend that, and I would definitely recommend the movie. Uh, Alec Baldwin is definitely the best Jack Ryan in any <gasps> adaptations. What? Audible gasp. <laughs> I was literally saying this the other day. It's totally Harrison. In the film adaptations? Oh, yeah, Harrison Ford's in one of them as Jack Ryan. I'm not losing my mind, am I? Yeah, it's been uh, in the most recent adaptation was John Krasinski, but that was a TV show. And yeah, but you that, you said all time. Am I am I not crazy? Because there's clear and present danger. He was in that. Work with me here. Uh, Patriot nah, Games. Nah, I'm gonna say all time. He 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 best captures the character of Jack Ryan. And there's a list right here that has uh, the top five Jack Ryans of all time. So number five on this list is uh, Chris Pine. In Understandable. Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Number four is Ben Affleck in The Sum of All Fears. He's the bottom Batman, so I can get being the bottom. <laughs> Number three is Jim from The Office. Understandable. Who's the TV adaptation? Mm -hmm. Or not TV, like Amazon direct to whatever. On their list, number two is Alec Baldwin. That's some bullshit. And if number one is Harrison Ford, I'm going to... Well, there's only other one. <laughs> games and clear and present danger. That's some bullshit. <laughs> I, could, I could maybe see Krasinski, but Jack Ryan is not a old geezer. Mm. <laughs> well, we've touched a nerve. Okay, what, what's their promo code? Uh, promo code. Uh, Jack Ryan's not an old geezer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. I'll go with that. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, I'll go. So. Brendan can get the honors of being last. First of all, I just want to say about Harrison Ford. He's not only Han Solo, Indiana Jones, <laughs> but also, also, he's, he, ha, 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 
Hot. He's also Deckard. He's also the best Jack Ryan. The man just makes characters better than everybody else. He also well, saved Air Force One. Alright, Charles, let me just say this. I think Harrison Ford is an amazing actor. You know, I think he is Han Solo. He is Indiana Jones. If anyone else did those characters, they would not have been as good as they were. That being said, he's not Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan is this young guy with, like in Hunt for Red October, his kid is six. I do not see 1990, 1990 Harrison Ford as a guy with a six-year-old kid who is just out of, who is a former Marine who is a CIA analyst. Again, Harrison Ford, not a bad actor. I think he's fantastic. He is not Jack Ryan, though. I also didn't read the books, so you're you're entitled to your comparisons. I'm just talking about the level of coolness. But speaking of things and nostalgia and all that stuff, boys, I really don't want children, you know. And current events make so me not really like Jack Ryan. Yeah, not like Jack Ryan. I think current events really make you not want to have kids at all. But I've often imagined if I did have children and I had sons particularly, but they would be named. I have a very hard last name to, you know, pronounce as it is. It's Hispanic, Trujillo, you know, there you go. So you wonder, I, I can't name my kid like Harrison Trujillo, right? Jack Trujillo, that's kind of weird. So I try to roll off the, the tip of my tongue, a couple of name suggestions if I did have boys. And there's a few names that I think are so proper to go with. And it would be Leonardo Trujillo, Donatello Trujillo, Michelangelo Trujillo, and Raphael Trujillo. Granted, I dated a Dominican girl in the past, and that was a dictator, so I couldn't get that even though Raphael's my favorite. But I am back to thinking about life and my nostalgia and the good old days, boys. And that has something to do with those four names. Listen, alongside my new friends of April O'Neil, can't name the daughter <clears throat> April, and my girl, I didn't Splinter? I don't know if you can name a kid Splinter. That's kind of weird, right? But, you know, Elon Musk names his kid, like, X4 Digit 5, so maybe I get it. Ah! And then Casey Jones. So I, last show, I bought Shredder's Revenge for the Nintendo Switch. You guys want your AAA $70 games through PS5 and your Xbox Series Xs? Not me. You want 70-hour open-world explorations of RPG skill trees to just invest hundreds of hours to? Not me. What do I want? 2D action brawlers that bring me back to a simpler time of happiness and make me reflect the innocence I lost going to 32 to 33 as I sold my soul to become a lawyer and then pretty much return that investment by being okay at it. I want that 2D crawling, beat em up, team in with your buddies, now up to six players if you want to, Get seven guys to go with. We never had a chance to play as April Splinter and Shredder. Or not Shredder, maybe, DLC, and Casey Jones. But now I can have the opportunity to. I want to divulge two and a half hours of time to 16-bit pixelation. Running smoothly on a handheld portable or on a big screen TV. I want to even be able to listen to the fine music, the 16-bit quality, with Ghostface Killer and Raekwon the Great from Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, what? We're in these levels Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I don't want to say it's game of the year quality because 
two and a half hours to something short, but the replayability is there. There's like seven different endings. I have never been happier. No, I did not pay full price for it. You know I have ways. I did not use the full gift card either, but I had some eShop credits. And I enjoyed every single bit of it. I had a smile on my face. I can't even look at it on screen. I was going to play it during the show. I went as Wrath. They have super attacks now. That's really cool. They have, like, new grappling maneuvers. They, they distinguish between the turtles and the other characters. You can taunt now. That's cool. I like that. Raph just laughs in your face. I'm like, I feel you, bro. Leonardo, who I played a little bit as, has this whole little, like, ninja pose, like, Jedi mindset. It's just so good. Old people, sit the young people down. Sit their ass down. Say, you know what quarters are? Because all you kids know is debit card Apple Pay. I used to put quarters in TMNT, Turtles in Time, or at the arcade game. Let me show you the modern day stuff a little bit. I, I hit in the nostalgia. I, I just need my fix. I just need my fix. We talk about these remasters. What the fuck are we remastering Last of Us for for the umpteenth time? Right? I might play it. But you could just have something new. It's not a sequel. It's not a continuation. But it's what I need in my life. Boys, I, I can't even explain to you how much fun I had playing even the final level. I mean, I sent Francisco and Andrew in the chat room. I'm like, oh, and that's how I felt. Get you some. I'm more passionate about this than anything. I don't think I'll be this passionate if I ever propose to anybody. I don't think I'll be this passionate if I have birth to my four children of Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo. But I'm more excited for this. And yes, I want DLC. Yes, I want a sequel. Yes, I would love the ability to play as Shredder as I go fight somebody else. Damn it, I need this. Yes, I would like a crossover of Power Ranger characters in this just to make it like canon because it's, it's a real Nickelodeon. TV show. They had the crossover yeah. um, from back in the day uh, between that. Oh, the animation's so good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. They had a crossover with Batman. Uh, oh, they did too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Tomasi's run, but James Tinney and the Force run. It was actually pretty good. I was also on a softball team. My, me and my ex-girlfriend at that time, this like 10, 11 years ago, she was Bebop and I was rock steady. And this game makes me rock hard. Um, so Shredder's Revenge, get you some promo code Cowabunga. You already knew, Francisco. You already knew. Oh, yeah. Okay, Brendan, do you, do you have anything you I, want to show off? I am not as passionate about that, and I am <laughs> sorry. But uh, here we go. We'll do, since since y'all had pretty good in-detail ones, I'll do two shorter ones, mm. kind of match you all on a different, a different wavelength. Uh, first one, we'll combine a video game and a book to, uh, to uh, kind of keep on the same theme here. And... We'll say it's a Russian book as well. well not, not necessarily communist action, but uh, last weekend my girlfriend got me uh, the book I have been searching for endlessly, and that is the first uh, book in the Metro 2033 series oh. in which the uh, video game is based off of. It is by a Russian science fiction writer. Dmitry Glukovsky, I think his last name is. Yeah, Glukovsky. Uh, yes, Metro 2033. If you don't know, the video game is also uh, based uh, in this setting. It is post-nuclear war, nuclear winter. Um, the Earth is unlivable except for uh, the subway tunnels in Russia. And it's this world building where you follow this character named Artyom. And uh, Artyom survives the tunnels in Russia. There's three different factions he has to avoid. 
and there is obviously this nuclear aftermath creature or creatures uh, called the Dark Ones that you don't really know what they are yet um, that try to uh, kill everybody in the subway tunnels and they've set up trade routes and really cool world building, really cool uh, aspect about living in subway tunnels post-nuclear winter and having to travel uh, on on the surface with gas masks and stuff. Uh, been really into it. Um, I guess I can do uh, I, promo code uh, promo code Ruskies. Yeah, I got two yeah. in the backlog. I got twenty thirty three and Last Light Redux. That I yes, there there are three total. Uh, twenty thirty three was really good. Playing through Last Light and then Metro Exodus as well as the last one. And I don't think they're going to make any more. I think, uh, I think that's, uh, I think they wrapped up the, uh, series in three. And then, uh, to back the one about food, uh, my go-to candy has been the nerds clusters. Mm. That's all I have that's to say. That's a good yeah. One. Tangy, sweet gummy on the inside. Perfect mm. bite. If you look at the serving size, if you're into that, only 100 calories for a bunch of them. So you can eat them hand over fist without feeling bad about yourself. I got the berry ones, also for my girlfriend, shout out. Uh, but I think I like the original ones a little bit better. But the berry ones are good as well. You can't go wrong. Um, promo code Willy Wonka. <laughs> That's all I got. So should we do the Eastern Conference, I guess? We can do Eastern. Because there's still time to talk about baseball afterwards, I think. It's up to Francisco, who disappeared because I think he heard about nerds and he needs to go eat some now. Yeah. We do have a question. I was watching the Nimmo stream. We do have a question yeah. from somebody, if you want to approach that. Oh. From the host way. Online. Hold on. Let me... From the... From Hostway. Let me see. Gosh darn it, man. I'm trying to look back. Going back. I, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think the YouTube one has a better job of it. Uh, I mean, I don't see anything on YouTube, question-wise. Right. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out, but could you say what it is then, Brennan, if you can see Yes, it? it is. Do y'all believe that Skip is crossing the line with these NBA players? Ooh. Skip Bayless? I mean... What's different between now and what he's been doing? Yeah. <laughs> the last 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all the Garner attention. That's all ESPN, and I mean, now Fox Sports is all that is. He's, it's he's all a, entertainment. Yeah, he's a mess. I mean, he's he along with Stephen A. The whole uh, when that came out with Stephen A. and and him, and he read that he went on this show and he read that little letter that he wrote himself, and like he played up all of the all this all the marks. There's this guy on Twitter. I don't know if you guys seen him that does like Skip Bayless's like he. He, he emulates him and does all of the mannerisms yeah. that he does. <laughs> yeah. Like the way he gets up in his chair. and Like, it's really good. It's really fun. It's a really funny one. I think it bothers me that out of all these people, Colin Cowherd has become the most, like, calm when I used yeah. to be able to stand him, like, six years ago. He, I mean, he doesn't get, in, I mean, he says stuff, but I guess he doesn't get into, like, the... He's not know. desperate for ratings. That's what it feels like. Collins is like, I know my demographic. I'm not trying to get the new people. I just don't want to lose touch with my current people. And Skip just, less Shannon hasn't value. done well. Yeah, less, yeah. less shock value, trying to, like, get, you know, hot take, you know. 
I mean, he does have his, but this is more just like, oh, he, but, right, he's. Just but with Stephen A, it's beyond, it's beyond senses. Like oh, it's the a whole draft, but the draft coverage, talking about the oh, Knicks, yeah. I'm like, you're you're outside of the lottery pick. Your your biggest contention is you're going for Jalen Brunson. Like, I'm sorry that life has treated you so badly because Pete Dolan owns your team. Well, James Dolan owns your team. They get something else. You know, but shut up about the Knicks. I feel like uh, from the office. Shut up about the Sun. No one wants to hear about the Sun. I, I I sat through that draft, and when I he saw Stephen A. just pouting all that stuff, I'm like, this is a who, who are you gonna get? <laughs> right? Oh, that too. That too. That too. And he was like, oh, he was like hoping the Knicks would pull off some sort of massive trade or something like that. As they're not getting KD. <laughs> or, or do they want Kyrie? Do do they want Kyrie to go over there? I don't, I don't know. But he, here's the thing, too. Spike Lee at least will be loyal to the Knicks. And he'll oh, no, no. Play. I, I respect way, Spike Lee. Yeah, but and they're not, for anybody who's listening, they're not the same political analysts, but there's a point being made. But the amount of time that Stephen A. Smith trashes the Knicks on a daily basis for his own profit, because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not, Dear Slim, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling or ain't writing. This is more or less I'm just going to slander you to keep the fan base. I wouldn't even want him in the office or in the arena stadium, straight up. Hmm. Like no, if I was James Dolan. I'm like gonna pull a uh, Patrick. Was it Patrick Ewing that he kicked out, or was uh Charles? No, Oakley? It was Charles, Charles Oakley. Oakley. Yeah, yeah, I would pull Charles Oakley. I'm like bad yeah, him. Oh boy. Okay. I see that. I mean, I think it's also a product of. I mean, it's a product of what ESPN has become, and a product of what you can do with sports. I mean, you can look up any. Any stats you want, anything you want now on the internet. So now ESPN has to come up with shock value. I don't know shock value and entertainment to keep pe- yeah to keep people watching. Well, that's the reason why this the reason this show exists. Uh, even though if you do look at the video version of the show, I'm dressed like Sonic the Hedgehog, Andrew's dressed like <laughs> Nitro, and Charles is a uh, gigantic Mexican wrestler. I'm one, damn it. <laughs> Yes, I know. Play the damn game. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll get it. Don't worry. All right. It, it looks fun. It looks super fun. And, and I was, I, I wasn't expecting Brendan to be here. But if I had known that a guest was gonna be here, I wanted like the cutaway to the to the like the guest cam to be like the pit from the Silence of the Lambs. Oh God. <laughs> I, I feel like his, if he had his own character thing, would just be Larry Bird. Because it's just like, all right, we know he covers the Pacers. That's how I associate it. And I know he likes the Thunder now. goes from there. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the Pacers for a second. Because this runs into my theory that I had last week. Yeah, so we it's not surprising. Right. Oh, so, mine as well, yeah. So here, here's the thing. We, it's a very condensed to bite size. So everybody gets a swing We're at instance. the 124 mark if you want to know. All right. So to condense it. We were talking about the Heat, and I had to say, okay, who's our trade chips? And I said, I don't think Bam Adebayo's the guy. I, I think he's a guy, but he's not the definitive guy we can build around. And I mentioned, and I said it straight up, what's the difference between his production and then trading for, um, ah, damn it, uh, Miles Turner? And just saying, putting him in, you know, on a cheaper contract than what Bam's getting and everything. So... I just thought that was like a little bit of a highlight. I don't think you guys can trade for Bam. I don't think you want that Bam Duncan Robinson contract to get rid of expire stuff. But you having the draft, you are obviously in a weird re- reload, rebuild, because now you want Brogdon gone, allegedly. Miles Turner's been on the uh, block for like 10 years now, it feels like. But what what do you feel is the Pacers' best remedy to get at least into a 7-8 or 9 play? Because I, I think it's possible. But is there anybody that you're – 
anticipating, wanting, or hoping in all this free agency frenzy that will soon be coming Thursday at 6 p.m. What's your insight on the Pacers? I don't know enough about the draft to go from there. So I was like, all right, because it was just a quiet moment outside the first five picks. I'm like, yeah, everybody's ass. I mean, as 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 an employee of the team, I mm-hmm. cannot speak on uh, trades a lot, yeah. um, especially especially because if somebody's in the news, I kind of have to stay quiet about it. Um, I can talk primarily about who they drafted and who I feel. I mean, they. I think the Pacers nailed their draft picks in the way they want to go. Benedict Matherin, I don't know how much you got, but I think it was a perfect pick mm. by the Pacers. Uh, energetic forward who is going to fit in with the, you know, Indiana hustle basketball grind that they love. Um, I don't know if you heard it. Uh, but the first time Tyrese Halliburton throws an alley-oop to Matherin, Gamebridge Fieldhouse is going to go absolutely nuts. Um, there were reports that uh, Matherin worked out individually by himself with the Pacers once and then said, uh, I want to work out for you all again on his own. Uh, mm-hmm. And so immediately – all of the Pacers staff was like, this is our guy. We don't need to do anything else. Um, they love his spirit. Um, the energy level is going to be there. He's going to be awesome as a swing man. Um, hopefully, hopefully for the Pacers fans, uh, O'Shea Brissett sticks around. Uh, O'Shea Brissett's another one of those high energy guys. I think the Pacers need to keep this, you know, energy team first mentality because they are a smaller market, um, you know, and hopefully develop Tyrese and Matherin and O'Shea Brissett and everybody. Um, and I think there'll be a successful, you know, new age team basketball type deal with Matherin. So and then, uh, yeah, go ahead. That, that brings the follow-up question. What I can ask about the Indiana Pacers because mm-hmm. you say new age, but the new age is not in your coaching staff. What is yeah. the leash that Rick Carlisle has? I like Rick. I thought he was a fine hire when he went from being ceremoniously departed from Dallas over there. But if you're trying to reshuffle the deck, maybe. You're getting all these good draft picks. And you're trying to find a new voice and new players. Is he kind of like the right guy? Right now there's a drought in assistance who could be sexy. That's what led to Darvin Ham kind of getting picked last minute. The Lakers said Frank Vogel's not good anymore. And then um, Hardy over, I almost said Jeff Hardy, but we're not talking about wrestling. Um, <laughs> Hardy, one of the um, Celtics assistant coaches are now going to be the coach in Utah Jazz to replace, you know, high eyes, Quinn Snyder. But what's that pressure looking like for Rick Carlisle? I mean, he's letting them, he's letting them play. I'm sure Rick, didn't like, I mean, nobody did in Indianapolis, but I'm sure Rick didn't like how they ended last year. And I think they lost the last 10 games of the season, if I remember correctly. Um, And there's a little bit of pressure on him, but if he lets them play, I mean, by all accounts, I believe the athletes love him, the players love him, and he's letting them play. And I think if he keeps doing that, we should see a better Pacers team this year coming up. Okay. All right. I well, got I the most that's about it. That's, that's about yeah. it. All right. Well, and then, yeah, I just, I 
would like to add, they also picked uh, at 30, I think it was 31. I guess 31. Yeah, you guys had the yeah. first pick in the second round. Yeah, they picked uh, Andrew Nemhard uh, from Gonzaga, who's going to be a confident facilitator. Um, I think he's a great point guard addition um, for the future. Obviously, you're looking at you're looking at Halliburton. Um, obviously, they picked him up because they believe he's going to be something special. Um, and I think Andrew Nebhard's going to serve a great role as a confident facilitator in the future as well. Okay. And All then right. the sneaky pick, Kendall Brown. What, but, you, guys, you guys had yeah. two second-round picks, right? So Yeah. The sneaky pick, Brown from Baylor. A lot of people said it, w- it could be, I mean – of course, uh, Drew Scott, Baylor's coach, said he's going to be the steal of the draft. But um, a lot of people like him too, so it'll be interesting this year. I think I think it, the Pacers are in that, you know, because they picked six, um, they were kind of forgotten about. But the Pacers are really happy with who they picked. Okay, all right. So we are probably at the one and a half hour mark at this point. So uh, let's head on over to the handsomest head coaches in the Eastern Conference, all right? All right. Okay. Brendan, I just want to let you know that we are such a a, a professional sports show. You know, you <laughs> feel so honored. You should put this on your resume. Yeah. I like the entertaining aspect as well as the professional aspect. So this is fantastic. <laughs> We are also very comfortable with our sexuality. Fantastic. Call the the same. I mean, I already told you who I believe is going to win the all whole right. thing. Well, let's let's get game. to him. Let's so. get to him. All right. Okay. Good. Okay. So the the <laughs> first thing. Order. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, we the first one. Well, right now it's a vacancy at this moment, but it, the Boston Bruins have a vacancy right now. Okay. So nobody's coaching Charles's. Beloved Brad Marchand at this point. Well, Brad the Marchand. former coach was Cassidy, right? Yeah, the former yeah. coach was. So Cassidy. there you go. Whew, how do we? Hot You know, you know what that tells you. They might be pretty, but they might not be right for you. That, that's what I'm getting. I, I understand. He had eyes that would make you know the devil cry. I get it. All right, so uh, so we're gonna have to move on to Buffalo, and that's Don Granato for the Sabers. Former player, right? Uh yeah, I mean he well, no he only played for uh, no 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 he he never played in the NHL he played actually oh. he played for the Columbus Chill of the ECHL that's wow. that's a cool name the Columbus Chill <laughs> what's this guy's name because Columbus you giving me something different Columbus and Chill um <laughs> all right let's continue on oh no I'm trying to. <laughs> Because I'm not on the YouTube thing anymore because yeah. the episode had ended. Yeah. So now I have to be desperate. Yeah, well, it's on the main page, but it didn't it didn't connect to the old. All right, so stream, let, let's so. look at him. Bring it up to me. Um. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. All right. No, no for Don Granato. Another the thing. Did, man. He looks like he would be a, a good uh, principal at a high school or something. Yeah. You know, the approachable principal at a high no, school. He, he's, he's basically Mr. Mackey without the inflated head. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> principal at a high school or definitely knows some 
information. He could be a he could be a whistleblower. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he just deep throat. Hey, uh, you want to know why Sidney Crosby gets cleared all the time, even though he has his 15 concussion? I know. Mm. Next is uh, Rod Brendamore of the Carolina Ooh. Hurricanes. Another of kind of grind him out sort of yeah, player. Former player, uh, but he's uh, taking some shots to the face. <laughs> oh, f- just a few. He did want to cop with uh, Carolina. Carolina. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a hard looking man. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man that's a hard looking man. Taking a few punches to the face, you know. That's a pugliest right there, or pugliest. <laughs> the, the old term for a boxer. Pugilist, thank you. That's a passionate man, but, you know, it's like Bella Lugosi in a suit. We're just going <laughs> to pass on that one. All right. He better be I funny. love that reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next is Brad Larson of the Columbus Blue Jackets. How many fucking Brads are we going on? <laughs> uh, it's hockey, man. <laughs> Shorzy is a perfect, like, amalgamation of the entire hockey experience um like three guys five guys named jim you know (laughs) so hear me out when he has all the facial hair on and the badly shaven head he looks like ben roethlisberger who went on slim (laughs) that's true (laughs) he does but when he shaves he's kind (laughs) of handsome looking captain fat look (laughs) there's, there's an image of him when he was playing back in the day so give me brad larson without the facial hair and then i'll consider it but if you give me slim ben roethlisberger i'm not gonna be about <laughs> look all i'm gonna say is it's ben roethlisberger you know, and blake bortles that picture of him that's up now the avalanche looking uniform yeah mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of james hetfield from metallica oh man oh yeah a little bit with the soul patch yeah <laughs> Kind of that, like, hanging on to it. Okay. I gotta tell you, the hockey players at least have had the most references that I can give them in comparison to some of the other ones of who I think they look like. Mm. All right, so let's move on. We're going to uh, well, actually, the Red Wings have a vacancy right now, too, so we can't go to Detroit, but we'll go to the new head coach of the Florida Panthers, and that's Paul Maurice. All right, Paul Maurice. Another one in the coaching carousel. How co- I just don't get why they went with him and not your other guy, but whatever. Whatever. So do you like Alton Brown? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I'm going to say this, though. His glasses are on point. That is true. Yes, his glasses is. are glasses on point. I wear good. glasses when I'm not wearing my contacts. He- he's on point. You know, right. he... Yeah, um, no, but plus one for style. The guy can wear a suit well. So okay. you know what? Because we're in a drought, we'll slide. We'll slide yeah. Paul Maurice in. Kind of the, the tie with the the glasses and the suit. That yeah. close up almost looks like a young Gus Malzahn. It looks like, like Joe Buck's one. Canadian cousin. One. <laughs> Joe Buck's Canadian cousin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next, we're going up. Oh, here we go. We're headed out to Montreal. Mar- Marty St. Louis. There he is. Marty St. Louis. Short king. And we're going to see a lot of... Uh, we're, we'll, we'll start with his thighs first. 
We'll start with God his damn. thighs. So y'all know JJ Watt is like stacked, man? Because there was like something that came on my Twitter feed. I'm like, why am I looking at a 34 year old man's body? But hey, it happens. <laughs> um, my God. There, I'm trying to remember the. There's just so many images show. of him as a as a as a player. I want to get him just as in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> what is up with his quads, man? He's only what? How how tall is he? He's five foot. Five eight. Five eight. There we go. Okay, same. Well, and then shorter, but you know, you don't have to have your quads that fucking impressive. That's, that he was my favorite player when he played for the light. And I remember him too. That's the thing. <laughs> He was this tenacious motherfucker. Uh, I I don't have bad words to say about him. And he's also short, like I am, so it's kind of like uh, you know a role model, if you will. Uh, and you know, I wasn't a Lightning fan in 2004 when they won the Stanley Cup the first time. But he's no he's inf- or famous for uh, one scoring the game winning goal in Game Six in overtime to take it to Game Seven in Tampa. But two, he took a high stick toward the end of Game 7, and he's just gushing blood, and he really just doesn't care, and he plays through it. All right, so... I mean, he's number two. Okay. He's number two. I mean, he I'll might be the it. Western Conference finalist. Oh, well, this is the Eastern, so... Or Eastern Conference yeah. finalist. All right. So, we're... we're here's another... Got good hair? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, he's... He's, uh... he's one of the few who has hair! Yeah, well, he's forty-seven right now, so uh, and not too not too far away from his playing days, and uh, yeah, he keeps in good shape for sure. Next, another one the coaching carousel, Lindy Ruff, for the New Jersey Devils. All right, good old Lindy. Mm. Like Yosemite yeah, Sam. Good. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> He seems like that always casted like principal in a British movie. Or the or the cop that tells the the one who's actually doing the detective work that he's off the case. Oh yeah. The bagel <laughs> man. He's, he's the chief. He's like, You're off the yeah. case. He's, he's, the he's kept man. the stash. That's been his style. Gun and, he was gun and badge. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not about it. All and right, that's his only line. Gun and badge. Alright. Alright. No for Lindy Ruff. All right. Next, we're going to head on out to... Do you think uh, when he went out to bars, he just called himself the rough stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Next is, we're not too far, for the New York Islanders, Lane Lambert. And by the way, the Islanders just fired... um, Barry Trotz, yeah. Barry Trotz, who... You're not a particular particular fan of in terms of his appearance, but he is a damn good coach. He is a damn good coach. Okay. So, let's bring up Lane. Lane. Um, that's a villainous looking motherfucker yeah. right there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that he's is a, a Bond villain. villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a Bond villain. Jesus, there was like a photo of him with his like his hand on his chin resting. Yeah. I'm yeah. like. <laughs> he, he looks like he's got money. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, former player. Not, not feeling the beard, but damn. Mm. Um You know how they say people like danger? Mm. Man, it's like a moth to the flame for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. All right. 
Little I mean, Lambert. Yeah, I mean, that's intense. Yeah, yeah. Got some wrinkles on your face, but you've seen some stuff. He was like, I ate some, you know, I was a cannibal when I was on the Alps. It's all right. Next, we'll head out to Madison Square, Gerard Gallant, New York Rangers. All right, let's. I think off of memory, Gerard Gallant is not yeah. handsome to me. Yeah, from former Florida Panthers head coach and went to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> is it fair to say that Gerard Gallant looks like a what an Oakland Raiders Mark or Al Davis coach would look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Sorry, Gerard. Good coach, but no. Mm. Next is DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators. I don't know this one, so this is going to be interesting. All right. <laughs> this. I already this. know the answer. All right, I, I want to make sure because there's Guy Boucher, but you know, no, Google no, sometimes Guy is Boucher. Weird. He, Boucher. Yeah, and uh, he probably might have made Boucher. this list. He might it's have Boucher, not Pecker. Like the Water Boy, like the Water Boy. Yeah. So, right. so here, here's my thoughts on DJ Smith. Have any of you seen Boardwalk Empire? I have not. No. Damn it! He looks like Shea Wiggum if Shea Wiggum gained like ten pounds. But, you know, it, it's all no. We we, yeah, we do not do I DJ mean, Smith. DJ Smith has said sleeping with the fishes unironically before. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Smith, <laughs> DJ Donut Junior. We, we we don't do this. All right. Next, ah, good old Torts, John Tortorella, the Philadelphia Flyers. Off of memory, I would say no, but let me get a full I'll give him that. He has good hair. He's looked the yeah. same forever. Let's just we, one we of do those appreciate, guys. you know, good hair up in here. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good hair and good beard. Good glasses too. Um, he's not unattractive. The glasses, I think, he's a fiery guy too. He'll defend you. The glasses kind of throw it away a little bit, but to me, depending on the, you know, he, it, you couldn't get a half blind Charles to think he's Kevin Costner a little bit. Just saying, yeah. you know, a, a little bit for that. Yeah, I can see that. Or, or a Don Johnson, more John Johnson than anything, mm. especially okay. Don Johnson when he was cast in Django Unchained. Okay. Uh, uh, Tortello, you know, for the, for the fact that there's some barrenness in the pool, we'll, we'll put him in there. Okay. All right. So there we go, Torts. Uh, and let's see, we are headed out to, so that was Philly. Oh, okay. Pittsburgh. Uh, Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, Mike Sullivan, it's time to judge you. Handsome mm. or not handsome, or just passable at this point. At this point, half these coaches are just beer goggles. <laughs> you a good beer league team. Um, I don't think he's ugly. Mm. Yeah, he's. But he's, uh... he looks more like a politician than anything else. Yeah. Mm. You know, right. I'm just trying to figure out if he's pro SCOTUS or against SCOTUS. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike Sullivan's a safe bet. There's always a safe bet in each one, Brendan. Yeah. And he's the safe bet. Like, I, you know. Yeah, he's got two you know Stanley Cups. Yeah. You, you know, he'll yeah. always, you know, take it to Applebee's. He'll try anything <laughs> weird. He'll make sure it's a family friendly environment for you and your kid. Mm. Yes. He'll ask you if you want dessert. All right, next. We'll try to do that. He'll do the awkward hug, but not the peck on the cheek goodbye. <laughs> next is John Cooper of the Lightning. Um, I think Cooper off of memory is handsome. Let's take a peek. I mean, 
I think he's I think he's handsome just in general, but man, rose colored glasses have made him gorgeous the last two seasons. See, you know what John Cooper is? John Cooper is boyish good looking. Yeah. If he had if, if that chrome dome wasn't showing. <laughs> you know, he's got a congenial smile. His his wife's pretty, you know, he he's in good shape. He he's a winner. He's a winner. All of us are gonna lose our hair. At Great attitude point. too. If you ever Great attitude. interviews, where yeah. where is that dark blue man? I'm a blue on blue monochromatic guy. Sometimes, you know, John Cooper. He's he's got style. His his suits yeah. are always great. You, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb on you though. That you guys are gonna hate me a little bit on some of these photos. He looks like a distant relative of Urban Meyer. I'm just saying. It's the nose. Mm, he it's does. The nose. <laughs> he does. But he—he's the Urban Meyer that will ask for consent to touch you, as opposed. to <laughs> yeah. There. All right. He's—he's he's a real winner. We're gonna put John Cooper in it. We're gonna put John Cooper. All right. Next is Sheldon Keefe of the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, Sheldon Keefe. Dude, he looks like a total bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. He's 41. He's all, he's he's probably. I think he's one of the youngest coaches in NHL right now. I mean, he's handsome because of youth, and he looks like he never took a puck to the face. The hair is good. I'll uh, give him the hair. He played for the Lightning. That's the Are only team sure he ever played for. Rob 2000, Gronkowski? 2004. Rob Gronkowski. If he was, uh, let's see how tall is he? Five foot ten. You know, and I'm I'm not meaning to offend here, but if I. If I squint enough, he kind of gives me a little bit of a Brendan vibe, too, in terms of oh. how he... <laughs> it's all good. Especially that man's, face. That man's face is the that's why I, That's why I have a beard now, because mm, I do go. look like that. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's handsome. He's a total bro. <laughs> yeah. He's oh yeah, he definitely was in a frat. Sheldon Keith <laughs> still pops his collar going to church. I'm just saying. That. <laughs> um, and he, he wears those like uh, shorts that go halfway up the thigh. Oh god, he, he's a dude who wears sneakers without socks. I I don't know if I'm not attracted to him, but yeah. <laughs> I, that means looks, somebody yeah. else might think he's handsome. So you know what? As I always say, someone else, someone else's uh, saint of you know, someone else's worship. Oh, I can't speak today because he I'm looks at like the things. guy that's still hanging on to like the nine ten p.m. party start time when all of his friends are like, "Can we start it at seven thirty Yeah, <laughs> he's he's not my patron saint of worship, is what I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty then. All right, and finally, Peter Laviolette. Just a side note before we go forward, uh, Brendan. I'm not saying that you look like a frat bro or something. It's just <laughs> you're totally fine. I, I kind of Sheldon Keith looks like a total frat. Like, bro. That kind of looks a little bit like him. A little. Sheldon Keith looks like he. His favorite quote to say from movie is a Doyle rules. <laughs> Next is Peter Laviolette of the Washington Capitals. I can't even spell that, so we're just gonna have to fully Google out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That picture on the top left looks like something you like I don't know, it looks like something you'd see in like a like one of those cutaways. This man has never taken a good follow. Yeah. Even when he was playing days like he looks like an understudy for guys and dolls. Listeners don't go to the theater, it's time to get educated. Okay? 
<laughs> West Side Story. He was the first guy sat outside West Side Story that came out in December. Oh man, Steven Spielberg's making this the best movie ever. Okay, so he is, he's goofy. You know how he said Nick Nurse is the goofiest motherfucking motherfucker. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, all right. All right. So the finals comes down Final. to Bruce Cassie versus Short Stack Mar- uh, Martin Saint Louis. Mm. <laughs> let me let me look at a few more Bruce Cassidy. I mean, he looks like Rob Lowe. Yeah, kinda, yeah. Kind of <laughs> looks like Rob Lowe to me, and Rob Lowe is handsome as shit. Mm. Even though Chad Lowe landed Hillary Swank, um, yeah, but Rob Lowe kind of annoys me with that slim fast. I'm like, you have good genetics. Don't tell me it's anything about diet. Like, you don't look like you eat a burger like I do with <laughs> donuts on it. <laughs> All right, so, but he, he his hair is kind of flimsy sometimes. Because I'm really going on the deep dive of it. Mm. And then we go to short stack. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's go back to short stack and see what he All right. does. Yeah, right. Now, whenever I think of Marty St. Louis, I'm going to keep thinking of short. <laughs> by by all I, means. I'm not I'm not happy with that. The correct right, so here, term here, is short king, okay? Well, <laughs> short, short stack. King. So here's the thing about short stack. He's got a little bit of a goofy face, but the hair is good. It, it's not fading a little bit. He could put on a suit pretty well, but I feel he's insecure of going tie or no tie. You have to go all in. The mm. thing that goes against the tie game of Bruce Cassidy's not that good. I mean, I like a little bit of yellow, but there's some ugly ass ones I'm going there. And I'm seeing mm, this is tough, actually. This might be the tougher decision because I could see the appeal to both. But Mario St. Louis looks like he'll fight on my behalf if something goes down, which matters. By the way, Mike Matheny will fight for me in baseball. Or we will, by the way. I don't think Bruce Cassidy would. You know. But then but then I'm looking at his player profile. Mario St. Louis looks a little cross-eyed. I understand they played hockey, guys. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that come in place. Oh, oh, this is hard. Bruce Cassidy. I- I'm not going to fight All it. Right. It's going to go to Bruce. <laughs> Bruce got Bruce got the juice. All right. Bruce got the juice. It was hard. The hair hurt me a little bit. <laughs> Bruce but Cassidy. It's, it's those eyes. The quote. Uh, it's like the first time I ever heard the Beatles sing. Ah. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm gonna be thinking about so it. So we're. This is exactly Dawson Payton Joey situation. Ooh. All right. <laughs> so we're at uh, close to two hours now. So we have to do it. We have to head to the cage. Uh, All right. We're actually going to talk about wrestling. Well, <laughs> for once. And it's going to be kind of short because it's going to be more prediction. So I can really do this. Welcome to your weekly True Plex of Cage with Charles. I swear to Christ, we are a sports show. I did not spend an hour and a half talking about who I think is handsome on a generic level to a superficial level going to hockey. But it was kind of tough to go with. But hockey, just like wrestling, is very physical. The only difference is wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It is poetry, motion. It is ballet. It's entertainment. It's about men and women chasing championships, establishing their legacies, having a good old time and just for at least this time for the first time like four shows not about controversy (laughs) where you know certain things where johnny ace and vince mcmahon are playing london bridge with employees at a wwe um kids if you don't know what that is don't don't google it please don't do that um things happened 
and things will be happening. That's how we'll start this. Um, I'm going to give you bullet points, right? That's how I'll make it. We have finally the closing of the door that was once forbidden. And I swear to Christ, if I ever hear that term again, it's going to be like the Kobe personality that I have. Um, backstory, Brendan, if I hear one more current NBA player say Kobe was their favorite, I'm going to start reasserting them that Kobe was a rapist and the charges were dropped, the investigations dropped, because you can't be coming 18 or 19 and saying Kobe was your favorite guy because you were getting washed up Kobe at the age that you're a teenager. Your new favorite person ought to be LeBron James or, at the very least, Kyrie Irving. Not Kyrie, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Kyrie Nets. Uh, Kevin Durant. That's the conclusion I made a couple of shows ago. And if you're on some time for basketball, we'll discuss that. But we're not here about basketball. We're about here about this. If I hear Forbidden Door, so for Brendan's rehearsal, there's many, or information, there's many different wrestling promotions. There's the Worldwide Entertainment or World Wrestling Entertainment, I think World Wide Web, WWE, there is Impact, used to be TNA, there's Ring of Honor, they got bought out by Tony Khan, Tony Khan, the son of Shad Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, they made All Elite Wrestling, AEW, former cast offs of WWE, Ring of Honor, and New Japan. There's New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's all this other stuff that comes in. We primarily hear it. Um, I almost said my jobs organization because I went to lawyer mode in presentation, so I almost dropped a big bomb there that I shouldn't go to. But we hear it, sports groups, um, really talk about once the cage, WWE, AEW, New Japan. Uh, we don't really talk about Ring of Honor because it was dead for so long and it came back. Impact every now and then gets a shout out. Well, there's this little term Brandon called the Forbidden Door. Ho, ho, ho. Mm. Because we're going to open the Forbidden Door and have cross promotions. And I swear to Christ, I did not end up, that, that just kept getting said so much in the last nine months. The Forbidden Door pay per view, because there was already, Forbidden Door was already open and closed because there was people coming over from other promotions doing stuff. But AW and New Japan had a joint pay per view over the weekend where they had the stars at their show, go against some of the stars at their show, going for titles or being defended everywhere. And I heard it was very good. I was not going to spend $50 on it because for AEW, a lot of the guys got hurt. The big names got hurt. CM Punk got hurt. That's why we have the interim title. And that's why we're doing the title eliminator, Francisco. Still confusing. Still don't understand. I don't like the concept of interim titles because why? But whatever. Um, Brian Danielson got hurt. All these other wrestlers got hurt. So there had to be certain replacements. But Forbidden Door was over the weekend. For those who did pay 50 bucks, good on you. You have to support these things. I do not support things until AEW gets their streaming services going. So I can just pay like five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month to watch the catalog. But you had New Japan bringing some of their best. You had, why is, Mari, why is Short Stack still on my screen? We got to pass Short Stack. We got to go to the future. But there were some highlights. What I did do during our time on the Twitter, and follow us on the Twitter, everybody, FJOJR, Charles the True, Dan Frijoles. Brendan, give a shout out because I don't know yours off the top of my head. Uh, I got to look. At B underscore Rourke Sports is what it is. And it's like, he's very good at it. Follow him. He's going to be famous just like Andrew. I'm They're good at Twitter. You know, they, 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 we're good at the tweeting. Not much, but we're good at the tweeting. So they had a collective amount of matches. I sent Francisco an obnoxious amount of Twitter stuff. That the highlights that I will give for it is that um, Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. formerly the Cesaro in WWE, showed up as Daniel Bryan's replacement. Daniel Bryan. Damn, he's Bryan Danielson now. This is a problem, too. Brendan. They change their names a lot. And it mm. really bothers me because it's kind of like how I'm no longer Anakin Skywalker. I'm Darth Vader. But you're like, but you're Anakin. You cried over Leia. Or not Leia. You cried over Padme. You 
pansy. Um, watch Kenobi. I'm watching it. Let's see what happens if I like it. Not my crap on it. Titles changed. Titles changed. FTR, mm. formerly known as the Revival, are now both the Ring of Honor champions and the New Japan Tag Team champions. Um, interesting. It was like a winner take all match. Pack is your multi pass champion, Andrew. The multi pass championship <laughs> is the all championship, or yeah, all no, what would they call it? All Atlantic, all Atlantic. Yeah. championship. Yeah. With- it was very stupid because <laughs> it's all the wrestling, and you say all Atlantic, but then you have a picture of like Japan's flag on there. And then I know I went to school in Florida, and I know I am not a very smart man, but I know that's on the Pacific. So what the hell? But pack one, I'm happy with it. I'm very upset because Tomohiro Ishii got hurt, so he couldn't enter that fatal four-way, and that would have been popping hot like coffee. But I digress. So good for Pack. We like him. He's the bastard. He used to be Neville in WWE, so you're seeing a thing. Um, Bullet Club with dudes of attitudes. I'm a pauses right here. In Bullet Club, they were bringing out Young Bucks, ELP, El Fantasma. We love him. Hikaleo was there ringside because – he, he, God damn it, we got Hikarumu Takahashi. Hirokumu Takahashi got the Rona, allegedly, or he had a fever, so he'd come in. So it was Darby Allen, who is mildly enjoyable. Shingo Takagi, the last dragon, who is probably my favorite New Japan wrestler. I hyped that man up so much last year, Brendan. You don't understand. Mm. The guy just has a build. He's like six foot bodybuilder who basically weighs like 180 and they say he's like 200, but he's just so cool. Comes out of a dragon mask a little bit and sting sting that sting. Yeah. That sting. that the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the WCW guy. Yeah. That's thing. the NWA guy before he went black and white. Co. Yes. The icon. Yes. The guy who went to WWE and had like two matches and I got hurt in the Seth Rollins match and was supposed to retire. That guy, the guy who was like 63 and still wrestling. That guy, is he chasing championships? No. Why? Because this owner doesn't push old ass men to win championships, even though CM Punk won the title. But we won't talk about that until it comes back. That's a conspiracy theory because you push who can sell you the merch and the tickets, not because who you think is the quality talent, unfortunately. So this match started. I think I sent to Francisco. You know how I say Jeff Hardy's going to die for me and I'm appreciative for him for the stunts he takes? The Bullet Club comes out and then Sting's like music kind of hits and he's up top and he does a stage dive onto them. At 63, I'm 32 going Ooh. on 33, and I don't even want to bend over to pick up the boxes when UPS delivers stuff at work. My knees creak, my back hurts, my neck, my back, and my ass crack, man. That ish hurts. But Sting's trying to die for me, and I love it because Sting wants to go out the right way. He had a career-threatening injury. WWE is like, you're not wrestling for us anymore. Sting's like, I hate you guys. When my Legends contract is up... I'm going to go to AEW, and he has done so. And he hasn't really been wrestling a lot of singles matches. He'd be doing tag matches. And what's good about tag matches for educational purposes? You don't have to do as much work. You can just do stunts. And look, he's just jumping all the time. The man just wants to do a singer splash on everybody and then get super kicked and act like it didn't hurt and no sell it and just kill the young bucks. And I'm not going to lie, I got pretty high for it. Because to give you some insight and sing, I should really do, when I get an opportunity, when I do my mini goof sessions, that's right, kids, we still do those every now and then. Francis has been holding for it. Um, I should just review like his career as a whole. Because you had Sting, NWA, early WCW. And then you had Black Crow Sting when it was NWO versus WCW. And then you had like Impact Sting. It was very weird and strange. You want Joker Sting. But I've enjoyed his AEW. Look at this man just cross-biting himself. If no one's there, he's just going to literally die. 
and not dying because he lands on his head, but just die because his body hits the ground. It's like, ah, it was only 15 feet, but I'm old. I can't do it. I love him. But the man, the icon, the legend, Sting, we appreciate you all the same. More about Forbidden Door because I got to go into some big stuff and do some predictions, right? Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa retained. I was shocked. I thought uh, Tony Storm was supposed to be Tony Khan's new you know, plaything in the favoritism of divisions who you push. Guess not. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. I sent you guys this in the link. It was um, in the abdominal stretch. What happened was Cassidy is known for putting his hands in pockets and being lazy. He has a thing called sloth style, or at least that's what they allege. Um, Will Ospreay is very good. It was for the IWGP US Championship. Um, so what he does, which is weird, right? Because you have Will Ospreay who's British holding the title. I don't know. Things are strange. I, I'm, I'm a colonialist at heart. What can I say? So he's doing the abdominal stretch, and Osprey puts his hand in Cassidy's pocket and brings out to give the middle finger to the crowd. And I was cracking up because that's good heel stuff, boys. That's good heel-ish. But I heard the match was actually stellar. And it will be one of those things where I either watch it or pirate it because I love me some good wrestling. Because one thing I'll tell you, Brendan, is how they wrestle – in AEW or New Japan, the style is different in WWE. You know, how they bring in certain things. We, we have to get the educations and go from there. It's what we do. Um, Zack Sabre versus Cesaro, who is now Claudio Casagnoli. Claudio won. You can't have a debut and lose, really, right? Fatal 4-Way. I'm talking a lot. Fatal 4-Way, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White defending the Decepticon title because it looks like a Decepticon title. Guy came in in some fresh-ass fit, though. All red, blood red track gear hell yeah i'm for that versus hangman page versus kazuchika akata versus adam cole finished one kind of weird cole got hurt um jay white retained because he hit switchblade on okada i sent you the moonsault that got hit with the super kick that was sexy i was for that that was a highlight and then the match i really didn't care about because here's the problem guys i want my wrestling to be a little bit predictable but but when you know who's going to win, I think sometimes that takes out the momentum of enjoying the match. I I'm petty like that. It We mentioned movies and books. So unless there's something that's vastly different, changes of the books and the movies for the better or for the worse of the situation, if they're going to be beat by beat by beat, if you might be there for the full visuals, but if you already know how the story is going to play out, you can leave the, th the theater early if you want to beat traffic. You leave the theater early if you got ticket B, right? I know how Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is going to play out because it's literally almost a shot for a shot of how the book goes that there's no P's, right? And then you start getting laid down in books. They start changing some stuff where Peter Jackson's a hobby. We're like, what the hell? I knew in this main event where John Moxley was going against Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW Interim Championship. And remember, whoever wins that will challenge CM Punk when CM Punk comes back to go interim versus Kurt. AEW Championship and to unify to become the undisputed AEW Championship? Is that the way they want to explain it, Francisco? Very confusing. I, I went to school in Florida. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, dumb it down to me like I'm five, because you're not helping. Moxley wins. I heard the match was fine. It ended abruptly. Moxley bleeds. They have blood and guts this Wednesday, which is going to be Jericho Appreciate Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. But overall, I do want to watch the pay-per-view. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for it. Let it go down in price or let me watch it on YouTube like I do. But Moxley wins. And that was the problem, too, man. There was nobody else you can give that title to. Moxley deserves an opportunity to have a full run as a champion in front of a crowd. Because when he was champion, it was during the COVID era where there was no crowd. And everybody deserves their roses. Everybody deserves their flowers. And if you just strip Punk of the freaking title. Okay, so he got hurt in the match. And... 
he vacated the title like three days later for context. But then they created the interim stuff. So I'm annoyed by that. I'm still annoyed by it. It's dumb. You don't just go and say, oh, you know, you're employee of the year. And then, but the, it's a new thing. So now you're no longer employee of the year, employee of the month. You're interim. It gets confusing. It's silly. Now we bring into WWE. Whew, oh, man. Done with full burning door. If I hear that term again, Francisco, I'm going to die. <laughs> um, Forbidden door is over. Money in the bank. What's the money in the bank? And I can keep this actually very brief because it's not a fully set pay-per-view. So I'll just give two major predictions. It's whoever wins the ladder match between men, it's going to be eight and women's going to be five gets a guaranteed title shot. Anytime they're cashing. So it could be before a match, they can set it at a specific pay-per-view or event, or they can cash in right after the champions at another match. So it's a way where people kind of segue and get championships where they shouldn't have. I actually thoroughly enjoy the money in the bank. Last year was Nikki Ash and Biggie that won. And both of them kind of had wasted cash-ins because they both won the titles at different points. But Biggie's title run was kind of mad because Vincent didn't book it well, as I predicted. He should have cashed in on Roman, not on Bobby. I'll hold that to the day I die. And Nikki Ash had it for like three weeks and lost it to Charlotte at SummerSlam. And a pretty good triple threat match. So... First and foremost, John Cena's 20th anniversary was on Monday for being a wrestler. Yeah, that John Cena was Peacemaker and he was on Transformers and he's known for doing like the Glade Trash commercials and um, will probably be in every the Fast and Furious movies. I didn't see Fast 9, but he's like Dominic Toretto's brother. And I was like, man, that's interesting. Just that, There's a lot of beef in that movie. A lot of muscles. I don't know if he's taking the juice, but man, he's he, he's taking something because he's jacked and ripped and good for him. He's like Mari St. Louis if he grew like five inches or six inches. But Vince McMahon showed up, so allow me to give some context for for, for Brendan over here. Vince McMahon is kind of a ledge of kind of playing London Bridges with a WWE paralegal, and there was an NDA, and he paid off some hush money to keep the affair quiet. And then there's some even further allegations that he passed off to John Laronitis, also known as Johnny Ace, to kind of use for whatever thing is. And the whole base of it is that it's consensual. NDAs are kind of upsetting, but you know Vince McMahon's wife was. It is now currently Linda McMahon, who is part of uh, President Trump's Small Business Administration. So there's some big names that come into it. So that's why sometimes NDAs come in. And now there's multiple firms investigating the situation. So it's kind of big-ish, right? So if you have that heat, Brendan, you would think you just chill, right? You lay low. For the last three weeks, this man has shown up on Raw, SmackDown, Raw again, I'm almost certain he'll show up at Money in the Bank. And if I was a shareholder, I want to punch him in the face. Because the share is not dropping, but it's a publicly traded company. And the thing that we want to stray away from, well, I don't know now after the SCOTUS decision, but we want to stray away from is white billionaires using hush money on women for sexual affairs. Maybe that becomes cool again, and I'll jump up their shares of profit. But the stocks have actually dropped about $6 since pre-announcement to current. And I would only predict there's going to be more harm done. It's, it's his ego and his feet. I'm like, uh. But Money in the Bank this weekend, he just had to be there for the John Cena stuff. It's crazy. Money in the Bank, I'm going to keep it very simple because I, I think I might have time to do a mini goof this week on it. Plus, the match cards aren't set, but there's some ties. But we're just going to keep it straight. It's on Saturday. Watch it. It's usually fun event. It's part of the Big Five. Um, for the women's Money in the Bank, my prediction of who's going to win it, out of Alexa Bliss, Rochelle Rod- uh, Rodriguez, because they changed her name to Rochelle from Gonzalez to Rodriguez. Now, Vince has a lot of Shotzi and all of them. It's going to be Liv Morgan. I'm going to keep that. It's going to be Liv Morgan. Why is it going to be Liv Morgan? Because she's that underdog who can't seem to win on one-on-one title matches. She had a couple matches with Bailey, Couldn't do it. Can't win. So what do you do? You use this as the competitive advantage to have her win. 
and it makes sense, right? It's good. You know, there's some heavy competition. Anybody can win. I don't see Asuka repeating it from a couple of years ago. Could be Lacey Evans. She's my dark horse. Let's get to the men's money in the bank. Because I'm going to say something sexy and salacious I have to do within four minutes. Because I don't want to take anyone's time here. But it's going to be Seth Rollins, who we're loving right now. Love him. He came out to say hi to John Cena, doing mocking his music. Ha, 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 ha. Like a villain. I loved it. Drew McIntyre. Boo. Sheamus, okay, he's good. Almost, this man's like seven foot five. Riddle, a guy to be determined because you know either Kevin Owens is unavailable and Ezekiel is unavailable, or there could be a replacement. And then Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, you say, yeah, Sami Zayn, the crazy conspiracy man, yeah, Sami Zayn, the guy who had a WrestleMania match with Johnny Knoxville from Jackass, and actually was a very good match. That guy, they're in the Money in Bank ladder match, and we're gonna play this bad game, Francisco. Perfect booking. Sami Zayn. Because he wants to be part of the cool kids. He wants to be part of the cool kids. He's basically Butters in South Park. Because Roman Reigns, your undisputed universal <laughs> champion, is with the Usos and they're part of the bloodline. And they're, they're you know, he's basically, Sammy's being the guy who kind of interrupts some things and will help them. They'll cost matches and stuff like that. So they're playing him in the story. Because River Wrestling is also what, boys? A soap opera. And they're playing him, and he, they're saying, oh, yeah, we got your back, Sammy. We'll help you out. But they haven't been coming to his call when he's getting his ass beat. Kevin Owens brought that up. So he's going to Roman. And he's saying, I have to win the Money in the Bank contract so no one will cash in on you. Vince, I know you hear my show. I know you have an obsession with me because I'm just as obsessed with you sometimes. My God, with your dick swagger and everything. Do this. Have Sammy win the Money in the Bank. This is my prediction. This is what I think will happen because at SummerSlam, it's going to be Roman versus Brock Lesnar, part Dua, like 12, really. In a last man standing match, which means Roman is going to be physically exhausted. He's going to win. He's going to beat Brock. I don't know how it's going to happen. But Roman ain't going to be able to lift a finger. And then you have Sami Zayn coming out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. The ultimate Judas moment. Because you'll have a full like three and a half week, boys, to build a storyline of Sami saying, I want it. I'm never going to cash in on you. And he realized the dawn of comprehension. He saw the sun that Roman's been playing all the time. And he cashes in on him. But then Sammy, trying to be this conniving friend enemy, will go to Roman and say, because here's the thing, Brendan. Roman has both titles, the Universal Championship and the W Championship, and that shit's not working anymore. You have to split it. Roman will uh, have cashed on him. Sammy will cash in the contract, but not for both titles. But he'll leave Roman with the Universal belt. He'll cash in, get the one, two, three, say it's specifically for the W Championship. Boom, goes over the Raw, is that champion. And then Roman goes against Drew at Clash of titans or whatever it is a clash of championships or whatever they're doing over in the uk the next month against drew and loses drew that's my prediction that's what's more i didn't just give you a month's prediction i gave you two and a half months of prediction and if vince <laughs> doesn't do it i'll be very upset i actually would that. love to see that i i love myself a good betrayal mm. the thing is it's not even a betrayal it's to roman will be a betrayal to sammy's like i'm leaving you with one i'm just gonna take this other one for me to go be great on this program because raw desperately needs a world championship over there because it has not flowed the same. They're trying to push the U.S. belt as being big time, but they have Austin Theory going against Bobby Lashley, and Bob Lashley is all man, and Austin Theory is all boy. And it, there's too much of a uh, disparity there. But it's just so juicy investment, and it's time for Sam to get that love. He's never been a world champion. He was in NXT, but never been on the main roster as a champion. It, you have to give your flowers. You have to give your roses. Shit, if Kane can go and be a world champion, why can't Sammy Zane do it? Different kind of wrestling styles. 
Glenn Jacobs is not a favorite amongst people on the Twitter. He's a what mayor of Knoxville, I think, or he's not governor of Texas, but mayor of Texas, and he's been kind of flighty lately. That's Kane's real name. Um, that's what I would do. So that's not even just my prediction of money in bank, Francisco. That's me going so far out to the end of the month of July. To like, so you get six weeks out of this, and you could take that to the bank. And that's all I got for you to catch this week. <laughs> Whew, I felt Jesus coming to my body right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's it for us for this one, guys. So, uh, Andrew, uh, you know, you, you got another good one. So, Brendan, thank you for, for coming on here against your will. So we thank you. <laughs> it was not against my will. I love it. <laughs> you know, Stockholm syndrome. All right, and then uh, we'll next week will be the uh, handsomest head coach or manager in all of North American pro sports. So we'll get to that, and Charles might do a little wrestling mini. And uh, next week is the NHL draft, and I think I will also uh, go through that and, and torture myself by watching the whole thing. Uh, but I think I might be more enthused because I, I, I know the material a little bit more in the NHL. But yeah, uh, and uh, we didn't go into the Andrews, uh, unfortunately, this time. But we'll, we'll wait on, on that next time, okay? Well, that's, that's the beauty of it. You don't know when it's coming. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, yeah. It, it doesn't wear out its welcome, for sure. Uh, all right, so bye, everybody. Have a good night. So long. Take care. Along comes a bad boy to take Johnny out This kind of behavior will only